so Jason, I do think before we start, we should put out a disclaimer that there were no babies punched during the making of this podcast. <laughs> Several that we wanted to punch, but none that we actually but punched. Pretty much like all. Yeah, no. I think. I mean, which is it's fair. Know, Mostly that... toddlers. I don't necessarily want to punch babies per se. I mean, punch babies' parents, sure. Once they become ambulatory, them on their, you know, then 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 they deserve to be punched. But if they're on their, if they're being dragged here and fro, I mean, like that's not really their fault because you don't like to be dragged, right? Yeah, exactly. To and fro, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of us, none of us right. do. <laughs> I barely um, want to leave the house as is. So, like, yeah. well, why would you? I mean, really, there's nothing. There's nothing good outside. There isn't. <laughs> I, I, I just can't, like, I was, I was reading the news today, which was a mistake. <laughs> oh boy. I, I know. I know. And it's, it's, we are four was days. Was it about a lucky man who made the grade? Oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> at least, at least she didn't do like some Billy Joel thing, right? At least she did. Oh, well, at least she did Billy the Beatles, Joel. right? <laughs> at least she did a band I like. Right? Um, but like, we're four days into this new year. And I, cause I guess we decided that we're actually going to do 2024. We have no other choice. Time keeps on ticking. Time. I don't believe in time. Time is <laughs> it's, right. It's, it's a construct. It doesn't really, it doesn't really exist, even though we think it does. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's like four days in and just everything is shit. Um, but we've given ourselves a ton of work to do tonight or today. We, yeah, we have. We've, we've, we've lathered it on. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the after hours versions of the podcast. We're just not, I'm not in that mid afternoon drive time that I'm normally <laughs> mindset that I'm so, in. So now so it's what you're a little more like relaxed, <laughs> right. a little more kind of, yeah, I've got the smoking robes your, on, right. right. Slippers. Right. <laughs> You've got your smoke with some vape. velour pajamas. Um, and, uh, you know, I do have extra house shoes. If you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay. But, but seriously, we have a lot to do today. We, things just kept popping up. Yeah, we just kept like, hey, well, let's talk about that. But we are continuing our dive into the films of Hal Hartley uh, with a look at the films Amateur and Flirt. And we're also going to dig into well, several new releases. <laughs> Sam Esmail's Netflix thing, um, Leave the World Behind, <laughs> <laughs> the new Yorgi Lanthimos film, Poor Things, and um, Saltburn, which, yes... <laughs> Yes, it did. <laughs> um, Where I love shall this. Have you seen? Wait, wait, wait. Have you seen this like um, trend? I don't know if it's on TikTok or whatever, but I saw it on. Um, I it saw doesn't it on, on TikTok. Instagram. I don't know about it at all. It's just... <laughs> right, I know, I know, I know your your affinity for TikTok. But there, I guess there's this like trend where people will film themselves before watching Saltburn. Oh, and I, after I, I did see because you sent me that one. Oh I yeah, well, one. right, I right. I one. sent you yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this couple just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and I think that was my really was my reaction. So I guess we'll just start start with, with Saltburn. Salt <laughs> yeah, sure, um, let's do it. This is I don't really I didn't even write anything down for this one. Yeah, but it's this fine. is um, it's a Emerald Fennell's newest film. Promising Young Woman was his previous. Her. Her previous. previous. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said his. So I have, this is, this is funny. So, it, you know, peek behind the curtain. I'm in the education world, uh -huh. right? And, and the literature side of it a lot of times. And so a lot of times when we read things, I, I try to have the students read as little work from straight white guys as possible. Right. And so it's a lot of women, but they will default into 
he, right? Or what he says here. And I'm like, no, 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 Her, no, no. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, yeah, the writer's name is Joan. Like, well, I don't, why are you? <laughs> I mean, Emerald can go either way. Like, it's a, it's a. You're, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I guess male strippers have a name in Emerald. Look, I mean, <laughs> artist types, you know, look, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. But they wouldn't have a last name at that point. It would just be Emerald. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so only, only artistic females with the name Emerald would have a last name. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm following that logic. So yes. Okay. I, look, it was a slip of the tongue. Yeah. We've only, do, we've only talked about, um, well, no. Yeah. We're only talking about male uh, filmmakers today, except for one. So that's fine. Yeah. And I, sh- and I knew, I knew promising a woman was directed by a woman. Yeah, I, but, I don't know but, why I was but like, Lanthimos is Greek. So, <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a daily decision as it is for all of us. So <laughs> to be or not to be Greek. Right. <laughs> you know, there was a college Christmas party tonight. NFI, me and you not fucking invited. You all right? Yeah, I've got a flat tire. Take my bike. Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm, uh, I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, I love you. I love yeah. I love you. All right, cheers, Ollie. My parents, they've got problems. What kind of, what do you mean problems? I don't think I'll ever go home again. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. Mr. Quick. Wow. And here he is now. Oh, beautiful eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I told you it wasn't a minger. Oh, but darling, you're kind about everyone. You can't be trusted. I had them hang up an old school dinner jacket. We dress for dinner here. Dress for dinner? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like black tie. I think I like you even more than last year's one. You're so, um... So what? Real. Can't have been easy for Venetia. With you being a mother. Why? Now it's time to take things up a notch. Shut it out, though. IMDb run. Yeah, that should be right? good because they're always so know, so accurate. Which is why there's so much fun. Right? <laughs> a student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. 
Okay. okay. That, that's a very <laughs> benign look at this film. Now, granted, I understand you don't want to give too much away in a two-sentence plot synopsis. Right, right. I do think this movie suffered a bit from not knowing how to market it. Uh, I, I do think when I, when I heard about this film going in, and I think this this for me blew up at Fantastic Fest. I heard everything. About, I mean, like Fanta- when it came out of Fantastic Fest, people were talking about it. Um, and saying this was going to be, you know, whatever it was going to be. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a film. <laughs> you won't believe this 120 <laughs> minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, this has characters <laughs> and pictures and they move. I, the, I, I read that this was a twisty, turny, plot twisty kind of thing. And that's not really what it is. There's not some sort of big reveal. They try to make it a big reveal. There's a slow salt burn to it, but I mean like, but not, but yeah, well, I guess that, that, that is a problem I think of the film is that it, is that it, it leans into that. Like, let's go back and look at what really happened. I, why? And why do that? <laughs> I mean, so I think this is like one of my, there are a lot of choices in this film. But but in terms of like a storytelling choice, that's one that I was really questioning. Like, why do that? Because does it even matter? It it doesn't all, in does the sense all of the story. Of, right? None of that right, matter. Right. Well, and and you can see this. Like, so the young, lower middle class, you know, Oxford student who's struggling to get by. And who's really not struggling. That's the twist, right? right? That's right. that's more of right. the twist is to find out he's not really this put upon the soul that he says he is and that he's just a, he's just evil right? <laughs> in, in essence. Um, that's, that's really the kind of, and then it, but yeah, it's kind of like weirdly double played with let's go back and look at this scene again from a different perspective and you'll see, Oh, his back tire wasn't really flat. Yeah. I think that, that, that whole section does itself a disservice because we know that, that Oliver is scheming the entire time. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't think, I think if those pieces had been like, I don't think it really like there, I, I just, I feel like the, the meanness of, and I, here's, I like this movie. I know, really, I, look, I know I shouldn't, okay but I find it deliciously stupid and like an overblown. And I, I loved just the mean aspect of it. I, I loved how like it just didn't give a shit like it didn't give a shit about its morality it didn't give a shit about like uh it i mean it, it exists to shock and, and it exists to um I, I don't know i just just to be a fucking gut punch i, I and i i don't know I, when i saw it i i really dug it um and i think like all of it regardless of how you really how you feel about it and i know that like if you don't buy into the vampire scene and we can talk about it in a second um i do think that this is hands down the best cinematography of the year oh it's by it's, far it is gorgeous and it's, i agree with you i agree with you there like, it really is gorgeous when he when oliver is you know has is basically watching the body of annabelle in the bathtub and you know, he, you can see his face reflected in this pool mm-hmm. of blood. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. it really is. Like I was just like stunned, um, you know, just watching this movie, especially on the big screen. It was really cool. Well, in that scene after they discover Jacob Lordy's body and they're all having, um, 
like lunch, right? <laughs> right this big room right. and they draw the curtains and everything is then like bathed in this red light. I, I mean, I thought that was, there are really gorgeous moments in this film. And I think just overall, it's a beautiful. So I, I sitting there watching it, I was equating it to like a Paul Morrissey Warhol flick. Sure, this is like a, sure. this is a Warhol kind of like, it, it's, 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 over the topness is I think part of the point of it. And you kind of have to figure out if you're going to go along for that ride or not. Um, I totally get like being turned off by it though. And like, and also like the weird, like I, I the, like the morality of, if you look, to, I don't think it holds up to a whole lot of scrutiny. And this is, and that's my problem with it. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean yeah. like, it, and it's a valid point where, okay. So the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the overly gen not the overly generous, but the the kind of overly simplistic aristocratic family is the one you should feel sorry for in this case from the from the look, I think in twenty twenty three that's a weird message to be putting right. out there. But I don't think this movie right. actually gives a shit about that. Yeah. I think this because again, this movie ends with flopping dicks for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. like it doesn't it I don't think it gives a shit. I don't think it cares at all. And I think kind of coming off of promising young woman that was kind of preachy like a really kind of preachy in a way and like almost like heavy-handed preachiness that that kind of undercut its its message in a, in a sense I, I like promising when you less than i like saltburn um but not i don't know it, it, it kind of i kind of go back and forth on promising young women i really like carrie in that role and i like bull burnham in that in that role as well i think that well carrie winning... mulligan's so good in oh. saltburn too oh yeah she's amazing in this. yeah <laughs> she's she's, <laughs> she's fantastic she's in it for like a blink of an eye, really. But you're like, oh no, stay. You're, you're so good in it. I think everybody's good. I think everybody's oh, no. really good in this too. I don't think that's the problem with the film. <laughs> right. I don't think it's a problem of cinematography or vision or acting or performance, right? I, I think it's what you're saying about Promising Young Woman because I found this just as heavy handed, actually. I mean, it, I think it was trying not to be, but I still think it is. And I think that. I think that her films are now becoming these kind of message films that don't really have any substance, where it's all kind of like style over substance, right? Like another movie we're going to talk about later. But <laughs> but I, I really... There's no style in that movie we're talking about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think there tries to be. Anyway, this is what I mean. Well, sure. If I want to turn... Like, it's like... It's Look, if I, I want to turn the camera, camera sideways camera. Uh, and up around. I know. We're I know, getting I, ahead of ourselves. I know, sorry. Yeah, I know. Our <laughs> hatred <laughs> is brimming forth. But I, I, I think that... You know, she Fennell is is approaching these these films because these are both I you know I think very messagey topics, right? Poor and rich, and and then promising young woman. I mean, the binary of of male female, but then the sort of assault, uh, sexual assault, and toxic masculinity, and people getting away with stuff that they shouldn't get away with. But I don't think there's any there there with either one. And I'm going right. to argue that there doesn't need to be. Well, so, okay. And, and I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> but it seems like, see, this is where I think I differ with you, where I think she does give a shit. And that's where, that's where then you're like, okay, but if you do care, then there has to be something there. Because, it, I mean, comparing it to like the Morrissey Warhol thing, I yeah. get, right? But, but those movies are so clearly... A kind of piss take, right? 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 And I don't think this is. Oh, I, hope, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I, I, hope, I hope that it is because you're right. Well, if, if this is trying to get a point across, 
a promising young woman is then a reason to believe. Like, it, it really, if you're trying to, like, you can't paint these pictures in black, in stark black and white, and really get your point across, right? These these have to be piss takes. Yeah. I hope, I hope these are piss takes. Because if you're walking away from promising young woman thinking, well, yeah, all women, all men deserve to be killed, and, and because they're all, at essence, rapists, or all aristocrats <laughs> deserve to be fucking killed because they're, they're brainless, you know, uh, it, and, and, you know, they, they, they offer nothing to society besides hedonism. Then I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a heavy, it's, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what the point, if you're taking, if that's the message that Emerald is trying to get away with, I, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> because again, this movie is way more fun as just a fuck you. Like, and I think, I think part of it too is like, I don't know if you end your movie with Barry Keoghan dancing around naked for a good last yeah. half of the film. Like, I mean, full on, you know, it's full not frontal the last nudity. half of a film. Last it's half, like, last, <laughs> I was, I, well, I, I, was, I didn't want to, like, I didn't, didn't want to, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I would, I, <laughs> I would understand that more, right? <laughs> well, what, what I'm saying is, okay, see, and I didn't, what I, in my head, I was like, okay, don't over exaggerate five minutes. And then I said last half of the film, but, uh, <laughs> but mission but, okay, accomplished so there. No. Let's just say it's a good three minutes of full frontal oh, yeah. nudity where yeah. he's dancing through Saltburn, which is the name of the estate that he's on i don't feel like that's a serious take on on this class struggle that she's presenting here yeah. i think this is a uh, he was a scallywag who's now and and, right. and he was evil and now he's just dancing around right. and, and rubbing it in everyone's faces the like the, literally right sorry. right <laughs> and the deliciousness of like the rosamund pike uh, you know death and like all of it being so cruel and like so pointed and and then kind of show especially shoved back in her face when she probably was the nicest to him throughout yeah, the entirety yeah. of the you know the the engagement um yeah see I i'm hope it's i'm i'm on board for most of the film or at least what is it it's about a 2 hour film yeah something like i mean it's not overly long i don't think so for at least half for over half of it I'm on board. I think the people get lost. I think the vampire scene is what kills people the most. But I'm not shocked by any of that. I'm not, not shocked by the bathtub scene either. I mean, none of that, like... The bathtub scene was just kind of weird. Like, that That to me but, is like... That's, but again... But again, like, yeah, you're right. That the, wasn't But the like, whole thing... I mean, and, and so, like, I'm on board with the weirdness, right? I am, I'm 100% right. on board with the weirdness. Maybe it's how it then tries to kind of explain itself in the aftermath. So maybe it's this third act that really pulls me out. Yeah, right. And I can see that. I can see that if you that if that because there's that implies an earnestness to this film that there, that I, that I think it. I don't. I don't think that it exists. And I don't know why. I think other than just. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a you know a, a, a take on the tropes, or or maybe you're you're it's you know it's a airplane esque type. I'm gonna show you the mood. You know, I'm gonna play it straight, but by while still you know kind of winking at you going along. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit, and I can totally see. I like I said that that was the one portion of the of the movie that I thought. Well, okay, you don't need me to see Barry and or, or Oliver um, going back to each individual. You know, scene that we saw him where he was struggling and realized he wasn't actually struggling. Right. right? right. Yeah. I mean, so because again, like it doesn't matter, and and that's where, and I think that last bit 
this is where it makes me feel like there is a message, right? That she's trying to tell us something else and not just saying like, it doesn't matter. This guy wants to be these people. And like the reasons don't matter. The reasons why? Because they're filthy fucking rich. (laughs) Right, right. right. I mean, and, and, and there, like there's the there for me. That's all. I don't, I don't need any more. But then you start to take almost like a self-serious kind of approach, and it, I think, pulls me out. Yeah. I don't, I, I I don't care that Barry Keegan's a freak in this film. I don't care that anybody is like, th- th- that they're all going to just fuck each other anyway. Right? I mean, right. none of that, like, right. it doesn't matter. Right? I mean, the slurping up, you know, <laughs> bathwater. <laughs> bath yeah. and None of that. I don't care. I mean, it's, okay, cool. I mean, it just, it, but again, it just goes to show, like, what a weirdo this guy is. I wanted to bring up the graveyard humping, um, which was, that was strange to me. I'm like, why? But then, do you know the story of um, Victor Noir's grave in Paris? No. So this guy was, um, he was a journalist and wrote under this name, Victor Noir. He was uh, eventually murdered by Napoleon's cousin, I think. And then the cousin was acquitted of murder, of course, right? But they buried this guy um, in a cemetery in Paris, and they have, like, a life-size, you know, bronze of his body, like, lying down, like, as he was shot in the street. And there is a noticeable protuberance. (laughs) Protuberance? (laughs) Protuberance. (laughs) Whatever. There's a a noticeable bulge (laughs) in his crotch area. Noir became this symbol of like fertility and and a kind of symbol of look if you go to if you go to his grave right and sort of you know give him a rub or whatever then you'll find a husband you'll find a lover you'll have kids (laughs) well (laughs) the nub's no longer there the (laughs) the there of course these like bronze you know castings Mm -hmm. get oxidized and turn green Except for that bulge in his pants, which <laughs> has been clean. still shiny, right? <laughs> and and to be fair, there are other spots, like his shoe, right? But but at one point, the French government put a fence around it, <laughs> and the women in Paris were like, "No, you have to take this fence down." And the protests were led were, were led by a kind of prominent um, um, French female journalist to get these like fences brought down and so they were torn down and there are you know stage pictures of women astride this gray nice <laughs> but but it made me think of that scene where oliver humps um what's his name uh his name is felix felix's grave yeah. right look at yeah. me so i came prepared this time that's I've awesome been, i've been writing it down so i figured look i need to be need to take this up to the next level. Well, well, and, and you know, I actually felt, character I actually felt bad last episode. I made a comment about like not being professional and I was like, but I do care. And I want, to I, be do care. Like, just, I do care. Just I do care. I just like, I, I do care, but like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I was talking to you off mic about a motto for our podcast for 2024. And I think you summed it up perfectly <laughs> without, without intentionally doing so. We care, but, but fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> it's, it's like whenever anyone tells me to do something, it's like, I'll fucking do it, but not because you said so, right? <laughs> so, right. So, so yeah, like I do care, but but fuck you. I mean, like 
people don't realize the work we put into this and like, <laughs> right. You know, the equipment that we stockpile. And yeah. It's, I don't know. Look, we're watching, we're putting our eyeballs out on the front line for you people. And I don't, I don't think you guys appreciate it as much yeah. as you should. Yeah. I, did you see that? I guess Edgar Wright puts out like a list of all the films that he saw in the yeah. past year. Good for him. And <laughs> my point, my point here. <laughs> I like that. Right. 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 I was like, wow, that was um, good for Edgar. I was. <laughs> oh no. Another rich brick in fucking uh, Yeah. Right. Right. It has time to sit and watch movies. Right. <laughs> but I guess he watched 344 last year. All right. So I guess he was trying to get to like one a day, but you didn't know, quite make didn't it. quite make it. No. And I was so curious, squeezed in a I few was, extras. I was curious. Yeah. What a lazy bastard. <laughs> I was curious how many you watched this year. I, I, so I have a real hard time keeping track. You so mean like, remembering? Well that too, but I, 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 so I tried like, I'm a, that too. Yeah. So I used to be very diligent about writing them down. And then after a while, and then I was trying to do letterbox last year and like actually like commenting, but then that became overwhelming too. And then I just said, fuck it. And I, right. So I right. get to a point where about halfway through the year, year um i i just i end up like giving up on trying to catch up and then i just say fuck it and i'll start again this year so and i'll and i'll do the same thing because it's just a, it's just a matter if i run into blockage but uh i don't know probably in the 300 range is what i <laughs> usually end up seeing i mean like I, I, I don't try to like over you know, to do it but like um and, but again most of the stuff that we end up watching is either for the podcast like i'm pummeling through varda right now just so i can Oh, speak, right, speak right, on the right. end of the month for right. for, uh, for uh, the Fort Worth Film Club screen. Yeah, you're on your own with that one. I know, right? Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll be to... I'll be out of town. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's all right. Um, you'll I'll be, see what you'll I can be do. fine. I'm, yeah, I'm actually trying to learn French by the time that we're. Oh, uh, good for you. Know, you. By the time good the for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so um, at the end of the episode, uh, thumbs down for on Saltburn for Siskel and and. I, I, I'll give it a thumbs up. I am much more of the Siskel, I think, <laughs> out of the two of us, um, which is fine. Which is All fine. right. So we've already kind of, so yeah, I, I, I think you're, yeah, whatever. Go see Saltburn or don't go see Saltburn. It'll be fine. Well, I think it's worth, I think it's worth watching. I think it's very, I think, look, at the very least, I think, yes, I agree. Uh, one, I liked it. So yes, I agree that it's worth watching. <laughs> but I do think I, I would, I would argue to see it. Simply for, you know, Keegan's balls. No, I'm just kidding. I, I meant just for the cinematography itself. <laughs> the, and, and which is part which, which is of, a, yes. Right, which yes. is part of it. Yeah. But uh, it really is. Like, it is... I, talking about the next movie that we're going to talk about, and this, and then comparing the cinematography choices. Mm. Like, this, I have not... I mean, really, it was... I was stunned watching Saltburn about how beautiful the film was. Um, and so, like, just for that aspect alone, you may be disgusted when he uh, drinks up Felix's semen right, sinks up, yeah, from the bathtub, bathtub or drinks or bathtub, eats bathtub semen uh, you know period blood um, you know that type of thing you know, those your mileage may vary on how much you enjoy those <laughs> scenes I mean I do I do yeah, well, right <laughs> and, and what kind the, of the movies af- are they talking about here the aforementioned uh, grave humping yeah, and I, but I mean, okay, like whatever. I think some of those things are just purely for shock value, but but it's fine, right? I, I, I like I'm not like I said, I'm not bothered by those. What do you feel like That's, Jacob Elordi's uh, career trajectory is going to be? I don't know. I cannot figure that out because <laughs> he's just. Um, they just announced he's in a new film with uh, Zachary Quinto, 
Um, well, I didn't know he was still alive. But I okay. know. Yeah. And still working. <laughs> I mean, I knew he was still alive. But, I, mean, <laughs> I don't wish him any ill. I just, uh, I haven't <laughs> just seen him. I haven't seen him in any, right. yeah, for a while. I haven't seen him working for a while. Um, where he plays like a serial killer in 1964. And apparently this is based on a true story. Kento plays like a celebrity animal trainer. And he's driving, kind of down on his luck, driving with his chimp and picks up uh, Jacob Elordi's character, who is a serial killer. And that's the film. I mean, I, I don't know. But I, but I don't know because he's he seems to want to work with different types of filmmakers. I mean, right. so he's worked with Sofia Coppola and Priscilla. He's now worked with Emerald Fennell in this. I mean, these are more artsy films. These are right. more independent. These are more heady, I think, fair. But then he's, and he's also done Euphoria, which, fuck that guy. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I don't know, but I mean, I think I don't he's, watch Euphoria, so um, I watched the first. I watched the, and I was I watched like, the yeah, first season. Yeah, I've and, seen kids. I don't need to see this again. Well, right, right. <laughs> Like and, and there's a lot of other, I just, uh, yeah. I, I could, and here's, to be fair, I could be, uh, I could be misplacing my anger against it or just, or my dismissal of it, I guess. Not anger yeah. is the wrong term, but. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I think, I, okay, I say fuck Sam Levinson, but I mean, kudos for sort of bringing up some of the things he brings up in Euphoria. Trans stuff, um, addiction, um, navigating these things while you're still you know, growing. Right. Right. Okay. But then everything else about him, just no, uh, <laughs> and kind of everything else about that show. But I, I, so I don't know. I don't know. I, he's, I feel like he is, I think he needs to stick with this path of here's the, here's the problem, right? Is that if you don't do a breakout kind of mainstream role, mm-hmm. your, your window for indie films as we've seen with like Martin and like all these other guys we've talked about that no one really breaks out of these anymore. Oh, Martin Donovan. Yeah. Martin okay. Donovan. Yeah. Okay. I mean like, so I didn't realize we were on first, first <laughs> yeah. name basis Mickey with D. everyone. Yeah. Mar- Marty D. Uh, that I feel like he's such a beautiful, but kind of nondescript face mm-hmm. that I think that he's, mm-hmm. he will fall into a generation of other, like you take your, Tom Hollins, who's not like who's done the star, the, the Spider-Man and then can come back. I don't know if he's going to do indie roles or not, but I mean, like he feels like he's got a more of a career path. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. Un- Uncharted, I think, was his sort of <laughs> right, was his art indie, film. His indie film. <laughs> no, well, he tried to do that, um, that really crappy uh, Russo Brothers. Cherry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That Have one. you did you read that book? No, I didn't. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I. <laughs> it was about Pac-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where this because he's had a stellar year. I'm interested to see where he. I think he was really good in Priscilla. I thought, uh, um, and but I don't know, like the the kid who plays Farley um, has much more of a unique look. I think that he will have the ability to kind of oh oh right branch right, right, out. Right. His name is. Uh, Archie, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So I, Macway or um, something like that. I recognized him from Midsummer. Midsommar. Yes. Midsommar, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, um, and, but he also did. But he's done um, other. Uh, yeah. He did that Gran Turismo uh, movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't either. So okay. uh, I just knew that he was in it. So I didn't I'm so surprised you didn't see it, actually. I probably would have. It just, okay. it just didn't. It, I didn't ha- it just happened to miss me. Um, 
Yeah. So no. I so mean, do you think he needs to do something sort of like Timothy Chalamet is doing now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, because, probably, I mean, probably. Because like because, by yeah, all accounts, I, he's getting a lot of like right. accolades for the Wonka thing, and that's so that's what I mean. Like, right. I do think he needs to kind of like have a Jacob Elordi role that puts him in. Uh, this is a this puts him into the mouths of the masses, and then allows him to come back and still work in the indie. That's indie kind industries. of weird. You know, turn of phrase. Because of what we just talked about with Saltburn. <laughs> but okay. All right, whatever. whatever. <laughs> but I do think, I, 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 I find him, like he has a distinct look in this movie. And obviously he looks like Elvis and Priscilla because that's the character he's playing. Um, and it would be weird if he didn't. I do find him kind of nondescript in a, that generic beautiful way so I yeah. don't, I'm not sure he's going to stick with me like if I like here's the thing when I saw Saltburn I didn't immediately go oh that was the guy from right, Pris- right that was the guy from Priscilla well and I don't think his performance style necessarily um, sticks in the memory either right and there's been a ton of actors who have done that type of role that pretty rich boy kind of aloofness mm-hmm. um, that just kind of fade out and don't ever come back again yeah. right I mean that yeah. that rolls a dime a dozen right yeah. um, how much did you think about um, Ripley when you watched this quite movie? a bit okay. yeah 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 <clears throat> and this seemed like yeah kind of a uh, like I said, a, a dirtier, a, <laughs> right. a, a dirtier talent to Mr. Ripley. Oh, weirdly, like people, I don't think people realize how many versions of Ripley oh, yeah. are out there. Like right. there's a ton, right. like Malkovich plays him. There's a bunch, I mean, actually it's French for, I mean, like there's a bunch of versions. Out well, there. and Hopper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, um, okay. Um, All right, let's, let's well, talk let's, about this. Yeah. Other. Let's talk about leave the world behind. I went online this morning and I rented us a beautiful house out by the beach. I figured if I made the reservation and packed our bags, it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no. This is nice. Kids look so happy. The Wi-Fi isn't working. Get a bag. I'm so sorry to bother you that this is our house. This is your house? driving back to the city then something happened you want to stay here but we're staying here we need to get them out of here i need to think everything's gonna be okay everything is gonna be okay isn't it we are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country something is happening and i don't trust them Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business. Get in the car right now! Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? happening to all of us. I just want to know what is the truth? Uh, 
um, <laughs> so we can leave this movie behind. <laughs> a family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. I don't know why, like, I keep, I, well, I do, because I watch a lot of shit, but I, I don't know why I continually come back to these movies that get talked about that get dumped on um streaming services like this to me is another no one will save you in the sense it's just in fact i love well i i love no one will save you compared to this movie (laughs) right right. but but you you have all of these like it's weird that and i and i almost believe that it's manufactured in a way where but this movie is so simplistic and so dumb that makes sense that it gets a lot of like buzz from you know your your gram and your talks uh initially and i think your and what? I, <laughs> your instagrams and your tiktoks and your, <laughs> come on keep up with the the lingo of the youth today Jesus. clearly i'm speaking you know, you know i was talking i was talking yeah yes i mean i am several years younger than you <laughs> See, we, was, we are we are wearing our onion on our belt back in the day that <laughs> was a stylist time <laughs> well you're what it's a Simpsons reference. Oh, all right, whatever. We wore an onion on our belt because that was a style uh, of time. It was uh, Grandpa Simpson rambling on uh, our early season Simpsons. Which, which was like, why did why did the J.C. McGinley thing on Scrubs, like why do men wear their cell phones on their belt? Their pocket is right there. <laughs> anyway, I was talking about this earlier where I, I I'm going to give away too much here, but <laughs> sometimes on Instagram I end up watching like the get ready with me sort of like reels. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you need to know how you do your makeup. <laughs> no, no. Well, there's like men getting dressed too. So <laughs> yeah, you are going to give away too much. <laughs> so anyway, this one guy's like getting dressed and he's talking about <clears throat> the sort of trend that he's, you know, kind of like trying to follow. And this is a married man, father of, of two in his mid thirties. And he talks about like, you know, I, I wanted to try this because I think I still need to stay relevant with the young, young people. And I just went, what the fuck? Like, wow, really? (laughs) And you're saying this out loud. So anyway, yeah, I don't care about being relevant, Jason, with the young people, apparently like you do. (laughs) Right. I just, you know, I, I need this, I need the gram to, I need this podcast to reach out to a, to a, the next generation. Yeah, well, yeah. Good luck. You better get on your social media manager. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh, oh, you were talking about like, like, why this, like, 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 okay, and, and again, we talk about movies that don't, that don't get buzz at all, and then this piece of shit does get buzz. Yeah. And I just don't, like, I, is it because it's so simplistic and it talks about nothing in a broad way that makes you seem kind of deep and smart that people kind of glom onto this? Because I just, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to denigrate everyone who liked this movie, I, I, I but I, I just... If you like this movie, I feel like you don't like movies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I just, yeah. I mean, like, if you, look, there's nothing wrong. Like, we've talked about this before. If your favorite movie is Gone Fishing, fucking dig in, love it. That's cool. And yeah. I, actually, if your favorite movie is Gone Fishing, you probably are a film lover because that's an ironic love, well, right? Right. If your favorite right. movie is fucking uh, Transformers. Then, then either you're twelve. No, wait, which one? The first one, or any of them? Like the animated? No, movie? not the animated. Okay, one. well, that's why I have. To, well, that's not, why I had that. Not the one with Orson Welles. No, of course <laughs> not. 
the Michael Bay former. Okay. The any, Michael any, Bay former. Any, I like any of those. <clears throat> any of those. Bay formers. If that's your favorite movie, if if you know, if Italian yep. Job is your favorite movie, or whatever. The Which one? one? The Mark Wahlberg <laughs> one, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> or are any of those middling? Oh, the Michael Caine one is a lot meaner. It is. Sorry, I'm sorry. Any sort of middling level, like pseudo blockbuster. If those are your favorite movies, cool. No worries. Yeah, if Uncharted is the best movie you saw in 2021 or two, whenever it came out, great. Awesome. I love that you're going to the theater and I love that you have a hobby. But if if you think Leave the World Behind is deep, I, I would lo- I would I would love to understand. Oh, well, no, I wouldn't because I think you're I think you're like because it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing besides nothing. It just does nothing. It is it is a movie about the end of the world and told, but but it's all over the place. It it right. it, 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 it it's <laughs> it's only little bit of kind of cleverness is the end, which I know pisses everybody off. But the idea of us, like the idea of, of the only way that, 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 that the, the real message that it has is that we're all going to just turn back to our screens. And, the, but, and the thing is, is if it hadn't have been so heavy handed, yeah. if it hadn't have been this girl desperately trying to see the last episode of friends, the entire episode. And if she had just, if that last piece, so we go through this whole thing. And so this couple played by a really terrible Julia Roberts. She's awful. She's fuck. What happened to her? Not that she was ever like, I mean, I know she's won an Oscar, but that is not a, you know, bellwether of like, whether you're not a great actress or not, but she used to be someone, I mean like rom-coms and things. She's she's legit. Right. I don't, and again, I don't know. I mean, I know she hasn't been around in a lot of stuff recently, but like this, and I know the role makes her to be a shrewish kind of Karen, Sort of right, and this idea that she's this god damn this movie, this idea that she's like oh an advertising agent, so she knows all the she's so cynical about humanity because she's seen how horrible people and we sell things to people like fuck you, and, and like and like that's a new idea right right exactly that's that's what's like crazy that's about new? it it's like all of this and then so and then we've got the untrustworthy uh, you know. Uh, just the fucking mysterious black people. And, and also why is Kevin Bacon in this? Why is Kevin Bacon in this at all? Did they, cause that could have been any one. <laughs> right. That could right. have been, that could have been you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, okay. So, so the, the premise being that these, <laughs> this, this, these people go, and, and they're then, they're they're I think staunchly middle class. Right. Right. right if right. not upper middle class. He's they, in, he's in like a, a, he a university education yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's in advertising <clears throat> some sort of something. They live in a big like Brooklyn brownstone. I mean right. their bedroom was fucking huge. Right. <laughs> right so right. so they're doing okay, but not as okay as the people whose house they rent out on the Hampton somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so they're on the beach and this this um this oil tanker tanker. comes up and comes up on shore. Um, and then all, then all hell breaks loose, right? Then airplanes are crashing and, and the, the emergency network bullshit's going off and no one can get a cell phone. No one knows what's going on. And it's this, now it's this kind of pseudo claustrophobic, but not really. And it throws every idea that it possibly can at the wall. Um, whether it be terrorist attacks or, you know, whatever, global warming, the whole nine yards, it's it's up for interpretation of what this actually is. The one kind of clever 
through line in this film is that there, but again, and it, the problem with it is that it's constantly referenced is that the young girl, <laughs> the youngest girl of this story, uh, is when they're going out to the, the vacation home, they, she's streaming friends and she wants to watch the last episode. She wants to figure out how friends ends. Yeah. She's um, on the, she's on the series finale. Right. And it, it hangs during her car ride and then she can't ever figure it out. And ultimately she, leaves the house that she's in with with these kind of war warring you know couples um and just in general they're like they're just not doing well she leaves that house and goes and finds a home that has the dvds and she sits down to watch but it's them. in a bunker right right yes it's in a bunker right so here i mean here and here i mean i hated the ending too and and i even like <clears throat> had the same idea that you did where i'm like like i get the little girl wanting to lose herself in friends right this kind of like using pop culture or social media or screens to just like tune the world out right because right? this is what we do we use this stuff to just be like like i was saying earlier, like i read the news and that was a mistake right? <laughs> right so like oh my god let me just put on basketball let me just like doom scroll i just can't right and that's i i think that's interesting right but she doesn't do it enough because here's the thing like she's clearly concerned about what's going on right she's concerned about her brother she's concerned about the thousands of deer that she sees right. she wants to figure this out she's like she's not just buried in the screen yeah she talks about friends but not enough and she's the only one who's genuinely concerned about what's going on around right, right? i mean and, and seems to be like all of these films, right? I mean, just like Signs and everything else yeah. where the young girl is the one voice of reason in yeah. all of this. And you should be listening to her the entire time rather than going off and doing X, Y, and Z. And she finds this fucking bunker. And it's not hard to look around and go, oh, okay, wait, there's all this stuff here. I should go get my family. <laughs> right. Not sit down and watch a show. Right. I, that's why I fucking hated the end. I'm like, come on, man. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it would have been better had she have gathered everyone around and <clears throat> turned on friends and had it end that way. I mean, yeah. like at least at least it would have been consistent with the story. This this movie, it, it, like I said, it throws everything and nothing sticks. You know, from the 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 teeth falling out to like like this idea that it almost suggests that the right way to deal with everything is to turn away from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so, mean, because right. everyone else behaves poorly. I mean, like uh, the father tries to be, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, responsible. But and, he's inept. Right. Right. So yes, he, it's, it's weird how everyone plays. I mean, like, and again, like, <laughs> Everyone is a stereotype in this right, movie right. too, like the, the the crazy prepper, and which is Kevin Bacon's role, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, even uh, and the surprising sophisticated black man, <laughs> right, right, and his, uh, you know, his hip woke daughter who really understands what's really going on at the heart of everything, right, right. And, and is and, not is not afraid to put it in your face, and pushes <laughs> back on trusting anyone, especially right. white people, which which like. But but again, like that's a stereotype, right? I'm like I'm and I'm I'm like I'm fine with that. I mean, in theory, <laughs> right? But but this goes on for when I'm I when I first turned this on Netflix, I saw I thought it was two hours and two minutes. It was two hours and twenty minutes. Okay. This goes on forever. Yes, and yeah. like and so I was like, 
I was, I was very, he was like, oh, I, have, I, I, I paused it and I was like, okay, I only got 15 more minutes. No, I had 40 more minutes. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, no. <laughs> damn, damn you, eyesight and, and dark reading. It, it, it is so infuriating. This, this, like, this, the entirety of, and what's, so what we talked about before, which was the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie one has seen a lot of better movies and this movie plays out and should have been a two hour, uh, special TV event on CB eight, you know, ABC in 1973. I mean, then it would have been a, Oh, then we would have had something to actually talk about. Well, what, what, what was the film in the eighties? The, oh, the, the day after, yes, yeah. the day after, yeah. yeah. The day after tomorrow was a, oh, that was, was, the, was the, uh, that was the Dennis Quaid one, right? Yes. Yeah. Or was that? Yeah. The, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Into the world, rolling in rigs. Yes, mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the day after this, this, <clears throat> but the day after, after actually had. I mean, like it was still, you know, uh, heavy-handed, but it still had. But at least it was trying to talk to something of the times. This doesn't know what it wants to say. It doesn't know what it wants to address. It, 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 it cause, so it addresses everything, and this, and I don't know. I guess like, what is the message we're supposed to take away from this? Is it that we're supposed to trust one another? Work to because we're we leave we leave the two men we leave the two women, and they're off in chaos land. We don't ever see the res- resolution of their stories. We only see the resolution of the story of the little girl and the little girl. We get hit with the remembrance, and that's basically it. That's the end of the show. This movie also the Rembrandts, the Rembrandts. Yes, whatever, man. Why am I supposed to fucking remember who sang the Friends theme song? That was yes. pretty close, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about like nostalgia. For, and I'm like, so <laughs> like, that's what I call. That's what I call nostalgia from Friends. It's the Rembrandts. <laughs> Those are the memories I have in my head. The anyway. <laughs> I have to, to drive this fucking terrible joke into the ground. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're, so this movie, like I said, it's seen a lot of better movies. It tries to be this weird, like parasite esque kind of like cinematography right, right. where we like, and also, but all it ever reminded me of was the Simpsons when we're going down from one level to another. So we see the white people sleeping above the black people and it go and the camera pans down from conversation to conversation. Um, and then we're, left with not Dutch angles, but just spinning camera. And like how many times if, if I see another fucking movie that, that, that zones out on a goddamn car driving through the fucking woods, I swear to fucking Christ, I'm going to put my foot through the fucking TV. What the fuck are we doing anymore? Like, I, like that was, that was cool when Kubrick did it. Right. Cause Kubrick didn't have a fucking drone, but seriously, what the fuck? Why are you wasting my time with that fucking shot that I've seen a million fucking times? And that's fucking nothing to your movie. Are you fucking serious? Oh, I love how mad you are. It's unfucking believe. I was just like, what are we doing? And this is five minutes in. And and this movie and and so it just whenever it it is like you're it's like you're a dog who doesn't understand the sounds that it's hearing and the camera is that dog's head and it turns Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. it like it it, it's just so fucking stupid it is it well and and it doesn't help It, it that stuff can't get out of its own way so at the towards the end right I guess yeah the real climax 
moment, the real last moment of tension, or that should have been tension, isn't because the fucking filmmaker can't get out of his own way, can't stop spinning the camera, looking this way, looking that way, like cranking up music, doing anything they can to distract you from what's going on. Right. Why? Because it has nothing to say. Why? And so at that right. point, it has. It has to. It's only. It's only gimmicks at this point. But like, <clears> and, and then this. And this is just again going back to the the horribleness of these streaming movies is that of course you've got Roberts. Of course you've got, I mean, like I'm guessing that Roberts and Hawk and Ali aren't commanding huge dollars, but they're probably $5 million paydays a piece at this point. And bacon it for a cameo probably would do it for a quarter mil. Right. So there's, there's nothing stopping these. I mean, so they're adding the weight of their star power, whatever that might actually be at this point. Um, still gives it a, gives it a, a, a air of legitimacy in, in this case. And that's just, I don't know, man, it's this, this is such a nothing fucking burger of a movie and it, and it will, and no one will ever, I mean, like no one's going to talk about this. Fuck. Why the fuck did you do it? And like, and like, here's the thing is that your idea wasn't terrible. Like if you take a look at, and I didn't like this movie, but if you take a look at something like knocking the cabin door, Mm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is a similar story at least had tension to it. I didn't buy the story, so I didn't really, I, I didn't really like it. But looking, that looks like a fucking masterpiece compared to this piece of shit. Now, granted, I mean, one gets her theatrical release and one doesn't. Um, but like, as Sam, I mean, like, I, I, like I said, I, I talked to him off mic. I didn't watch Mr. Robot, but like, have you never watched a episode of Alfred Hitchcock present, Presents or The Twilight Zone or like any of these other like truly suspenseful TV shows? And like been able to kind of mimic that tension because everything you do here is just for, oh, I've got CGI budget. So I'm going to throw in a a thousand different deers and then I, and then I'm not going to do anything with that at all. Then that, again, that'll be my climate change concern. And then, then that'll be gone. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then this idea of like the, and it's supposed to be the kind of this, you know, uh, you know, uh, paranoid thriller where it's now where these people are cut off from the rest of the world. But really, and there's a civil war, like you know, a burgeoning civil war happening. Right, but but we don't. I mean, it, there's all of those. Had you taken one idea and tried to to go go with it, it might have been an interesting yeah, movie. You, you brought up Hitchcock, right? And of course, you know, Hitchcock's always been like, you know, the 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 gun going off is not not the right scary thing it's the anticipation (laughs) right but there's not even that in here you know and i think if it if it did stick with that if like have you have you read the book um i think it's called the assault on tony's um Mm. by the same guy that wrote leaving las vegas okay yeah so yeah no um it's it's real upper of a book (laughs) Um, (laughs) but my my point is is that so this book takes place in a bar because they're all alcoholics and that's all this guy knew. Right. And I think he, he, I mean the, the, I can't, Michael O'Brien, was that his name? He killed himself after the success of leaving Las Vegas. After the movie came out, he, he committed suicide. Um, but this book centers around a bunch of, a bunch of guys in a bar, a bunch of drunks in a bar while outside the LA riots are going on and they have no idea what's going on. All they know is that like, the world is ending and they all end up and they all, they're all packing guns too, but none of them can go outside and like do anything, but they all end up sort of turning on each other. Half of them like kill each other or die or drink themselves to death. Right. Um, 
but it's all enclosed. Right. And then it is claustrophobic where this isn't ever. Yeah. I don't know why you let him out of the house. Yeah. Like why? I mean, and that's a way not to show anything. Right. right? You know, again, take something like Darabont's The Mist, Mm. which is a, perfect example of this movie done really really well however you feel about that movie i mean like but you know it's it 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 has the tension it has the fright to it it it, it you know it adds all of the elements of internal fear at no point do you really feel like i don't know it doesn't i mean like picking apart the acting choices in this i feel like this is all on esmail's shoulders and i think this is just a I guess it was surprising to me that anybody was talking about it at all and, and talking about it in any sort of reverence. This is a movie that should be universally decried and forgotten about. And, <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't read the book. I don't know if you I, have. No, I could kind of, I mean, no, but why would I at this point? <clears throat> no, 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 no. Right. I mean, right. like I, 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 I couldn't like if it, if it is as disjointed as this probably isn't though. It probably isn't. Um, I mean, I haven't read it either. Um, and yeah, like like you just said, after this, I'm not going to. But <laughs> I, I find all of it kind of weirdly self-serving. To, I don't know, like all of it just. Uh, the, well, the, it's it's, here's it's a, a hodgepodge of like progressive ideas, right? And look, I'm all for progressive ideas, but he never does anything with any of them, right? And it's such a <clears throat> pat yourself on the back moment ending that it's just it's infuriating. Yeah, yeah. What else do you want to say? Go ahead. I, no, you had something I, I, else. I, I don't. I'm tired. I'm, it makes you were me like, tired head. I just, you were... I just uh, look, I, I got angry enough at the drone shot. I'm, I'm good. I'm good at this oh, point. I did get pissed off. I, That's okay. No, I mean, look, look, like there, I mean, I just keep going back. There's no fucking, like any of the scenes, like everyone talks about the fucking tanker scene too. And I'm just like, that scene was boring as fuck. Like it's not, I mean, like. They just ran sideways. Okay, cool. I mean, that wasn't like it was scary. I mean, like, I, I don't say none of this was right. It wasn't like it was tension building. They just none of it was. <laughs> there was nothing harrowing about this film. And I think that's right. right. I mean, that's one of its biggest downfalls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about a movie that I think we did like, <laughs> which is Poor Things. Poor Things. This is Bella. Bye. Bella, this is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. No. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy tale. Bella Baxter, and there is a world to enjoy, circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress, grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. How delightful. We have both called a literal banger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> okay, so, in all senses of the word. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this is the incredible tale about the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist, Dr. Godwin Baxter. I, I hope this one's best picture. I know it won't, but I hope that it does. What do you think will? I'm sure some nonsense. I'm sure. I. Well, I think, I think it'll either be Killers Oppenheimer or Barbie. I think okay. one of those. Okay. Like, I mean, I think poor things came in, coming out so late in the game. Um, I do think it's got an outside shot. I do think it's pretty much universally. But I do think that that from a perspective of box office, I think it'll be Oppenheimer or Barbie. Okay. And I probably it'll probably be Oppenheimer since no one hasn't won the Best Picture at this point. So. Um, or Diddy. I don't know. What would he Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said no one has it. Like, <laughs> no one's won a Best Picture? Like, they've never offered that award like, ever? what? No, no, no. no. Land. I don't think... What has Nolan won? Uh, maybe screenplay um, for something. <laughs> you know. or, or effects or editing. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably. I mean, yeah. Probably, probably the more, like, technical awards, yeah. but um, not Best Director, not Best Picture. Right. Um... So this feels like his year. Yeah. Although I, I this also feels like a, um, in a, in a year where there haven't been, I, I think Gerwig has a solid, I think this is a, it's a coin flip between Nolan and Gerwig. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see it going both ways. I could see Gerwig winning director and Oppenheimer winning best picture or mm. Nolan winning director. So Barbie splitting winning. those two. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's just on the off chance. I don't, I think, I think killer's, probably gets ignored. I think, not ignored, but I think it gets shut out. I think it's one of those ones like we've already given Scorsese his So it'll awards. get nominated. But it'll get nominated but for everything, but yeah. It, and that'll be, it's kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got a nomination now. But I do think, I do think that poor things, and I think, I mean, I think uh, Stone gives Robbie a run for her money in, the, in that category. I, I, so, so this is interesting because I, one of the things that I thought about this film was that uh, oh, I think I think Ruffalo and and, and Stone Ruffalo are both on fucking believe. I think they're both amazing, and I was thinking that Stone is doing a similar kind of work that Robbie is, where she has to be a couple different things at the same time, and I think that it's so tough. This is a a, a showier role, yeah, in, in a weird way than than, Bar- <laughs> than Barbie is, right? Right. But I mean, there's more. You know, Stone is so good here with the physical acting, right? And and her sort of impression of, you know, a Monty Python skit a lot of times. Um, also, how she has to then progressively move through language and like learning language and understanding these things that Robbie didn't have to do in Barbie. But then again, maybe it was harder what she had to do in terms of being those two things at once. I don't know. I mean, I, but I think those two roles are, yeah, it's, are, it's we're, a, but we're both like so good. I, 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 I can't believe, I, I, look, I know Stone's a great actress. I cannot believe this, like this is a career defining role. I mean, like, it's just, it's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. And like, I, I, and look, I don't even, I'm just laying it out there. I'm surprised at this stage in her career that this is, I, I understand this is an, uh, a, you know, a, a revered indie director um, and this is a prestige film and she'd done the favorite with him prior to this, but like this, the amount of nudity that's in this movie for, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know. It's weird. You don't see that kind of like anymore, really. Like you, I, yeah. Um, and people are sweating. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, right. Right. <laughs> um, I do find it kind of odd that there wasn't like male nudity in this. I feel like there was an opportunity mm. to like have mm. the absurdity of it all. 
um, yeah. kind of play both ways. So it almost seems a little uh, leering at times. Well, I was so I was going to ask. I mean, do you think it's sort of ex- exploitative in that in that regard? I think it becomes so normalized by the end of it that it doesn't. That it's it's it mm. becomes it's not, and it's not really titillating until she starts to own it herself kind of thing. Mm-hmm, so like, I mm-hmm. do think, I do think that this movie is a brilliant, uh, you know, it's it, it, on a lot of different levels, but it, it's a brilliant portrayal of a woman's sexuality and a woman owning her own sexuality. And con- um, yeah. Owning and, and controlling. Right. Um, and I think I, and I, and I, and the male response to that, uh, that, that I think, I think it would have, I think it was necessary to the role to say this for whatever, you know, sure, say that. Sure, but like, sure. um, so well, I don't it, know. It's it, hard it for made me, sense. Right? It, it made sense right. in the role. So, okay. Since, so since you brought this up, I want to bring up, um, some criticism of the film that I read that I don't agree with, but I want to hear your description sure, yeah. <laughs> there. And, and part of that criticism was that the stuff that you just talked about, the kind of role reversal, right? Seeing the kind of male view of this and how Ruffalo becomes this kind of, sweaty uncomfortable mess when Bella starts to come into her own um I have heard and read that portrayed as almost too easy or lazy Mm, okay I don't think so okay I think that's fucking spot on I think the and I think I I look what rough if you look at Ruffalo's character arc right where he comes in and basically I know we dance around this term, but grooms a young girl. Sure. Um, and talks to her like she's never, you've been fucked, you've been fucked thrice by the greatest <laughs> lover of all time. I, I hardly the think use that you're, of thrice. I know it's so fucking, good. That, that, so good. Like Ruffalo is so <laughs> fucking good in this book. And the fact that he, so in his, I mean, his de-evolution of like when she starts to figure out that, you know, one by his own design, you know, where she takes to, you know, sleeping for with people for money, prostituting herself out, and then and then becoming really real, going into the realization that sex with just one person, um, you know, there's different feelings and emotions, and mm-hmm. and and so and her owning that, and then his like inability to come to grips. I think no, I think that was yeah. I think that was unbelievably realistic, and like, and I think from a perspective of a man who thinks of himself the way that Ruffalo thought of himself. Uh, and then as we see, he's not the sophisticate and he's just a drunken louse and like, right, and right. really can't handle and only can handle, you know, and only relies on his best lover status with women who are inexperienced. No, I think that's fucking yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is a, I think it is a, uh, I, how, how is it easy? Where have you seen that done before? Like, where have you seen a movie like that puts that on a, on a pet on, you know, out front and center and says, this is what men have been doing for fucking ever, right? Of 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 taking, you know, one leering after young women, you know, waiting for them to be uh, to find, you know, their when when Bella finds her own sexuality by you know essentially you know discovering herself, uh, and then him just kind of swooping in the moment that that happens and taking her away uh, from everyone who's around her and, and making her trust only in him and, and seeing a world through his eyes. And then when she starts to figure out that that's not the only way that it is, 
I, no, I think that, I yeah. think it was a yeah. I think it was a brilliant take on 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 that whole dynamic, and I think both of them, like as this as the sophistication grows in Bella and devolves in Ruffalo's character, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was I thought it was spot on. I thought it was just amazing. I thought, well, so, so I did I did too. Don't don't yell at me. No, but I was because I was really surprised to have to have read that. Where I, I'm I would, like, I would I love to see what their backing case to say it was easy. Like this is something that well, we've been talking about forever. Why would you yeah, ever want to bring it up yeah. again? There, there, there really is no backing case, and I can send you the the article. It just seems like, like later. It seems like at that point, if you're making that case, then you're just butt hurt because you feel like Ruffalo should have been a Lothario throughout. Like we would, we don't really want to see a character arc for Ruffalo because by the time that he then tries to betray her and tries to kind of like when he has no other recourse other than to get her, you know, to get her old husband, well, her body's husband. again, fucking brilliant premise where, and one that, uh, is, I hesitate to use the word brave, but like from a storytelling perspective is yeah. really like to have people and have your main character buy in on the body was dead and we took the brain out of your unborn <laughs> fetus and put it in your brain. And so, yes, the body is the mother of the, of the, of the brain of the woman that's inside the, the head. So the body was married to another husband, but now it's a completely different person. I mean, like, yeah. this is a movie that yeah. can be talked about for fucking days. Like, tell me that's easy. Fuck you. Like, how is that easy? And again, I know they're talking about a specific point about Ruffalo being, well, he now he becomes a baby because he can't handle his girl being all sexed up by somebody else. Eh, that happens all the fucking time. Right. And again, we don't talk about that shit at all. Can I read you this? Yeah, please. All right. So this is a quote. Um, the title of Poor Things betrays the fundamental smugness of artists working from a vantage of cozy superiority who believe simple, lazy role reversal, that is, men reduced to sweaty, pearl-clutching hysterics, is tantamount to genuine gender parody, or parody. Everything goes down easily. Was this written by Ben Shapiro? <clears throat> no. No. Um, I mean, surprisingly, it's written by someone who I have a fair amount of respect for, I mean, does it matter if I say their name? Uh, no, because they no, wrote it's, it. It's, it's out there. It's well, out. I mean, it's it's Adam Naiman, the yeah. critic. He's um, based in Toronto and has done a lot of work yeah, for. He's fucking Canadian. I know, I know. <laughs> this is on this is on the Ringer. So, however you feel about Bill Simmons and stuff, mm -hmm. is, is like notwithstanding here. But he's also written for Film Comment and a lot of other places like that. Okay. So it's not just that. But I mean, I so I read that. I'm like, I don't get this. This is not. I don't understand this. So here's the right? thing. I think he's misunderstanding <clears throat> this movie. This is not gender role reversal. This is playing out stories how they play out. This is gender. These these are gender fucking roles that, that are played right. here. The fact that Bella starts to own her own sexuality is not a role reversal. That is a natural evolution of what a woman goes through. And how, and how, I mean, my, it, from what I understand. <laughs> well, right, right. But no, no. As, as the authority on this, that's <laughs> I mean, what I understand. I mean, listen, ladies, let me tell you what you guys go through on a daily basis, right? I understand. Let me explain it to you. But, but, but along, along with this idea, I, I mean, bake into this, the idea of sex work as work. Right. Right. And, and Catherine Watterson, who I just, I, she's just wonderful every time she's in something like this, right? Where in a different movie, the madam of the brothel 
is evil, conniving, whatever, but she's not. Right. Right. I mean, she kind of supports these women in sort of doing what they want. Now, then they have this idea of kind of like socialism and Marxism and stuff, but, but whatever. Bella takes this role as a sex worker with full knowledge of what she's doing. Right. I mean, she has gained this knowledge and understanding. I mean, this, we talked about in Hartley Surviving Desire that, um, Sophia wanted to experience things. And that's why she was having this relationship with Martin Donovan. It's the same thing here. Bella is out to gain empirical knowledge, right? Epistemological knowledge, right? She's going to do things to understand them. And I mean, I think that that's brilliant. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is, this, this is a movie that is, I mean, told from Bella's perspective and yep. Bella. So I, I yeah, I, I, like I said, I think that the, the idea that this is a role reversal is fundamentally wrong. I think that this is, I think you may get caught up in the fantastical elements of this story and the kind yeah. of um, like perverse whimsy that, it, that, it, that it, you know, is in this from a perspective of like combining dogs oh, and chickens yeah. and, yeah, and chicken <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh whatever the goose but i mean it's a it's and, a frankenstein movie right absolutely i mean absolutely. so and i do think i what i fucking love about this too is that how bella look and i know this this can be construed as heavy-handed but it really worked for me that you know her maker you know willem defoe she's calling god yeah. and then when god dies she kind of takes over that yeah. that um and i think what the what I was expecting to have happen, and this kind of shows you from a male perspective where I was taking my bias into it, as I figured that she was going to take God's brain and put it into her husband. I did too. And so, That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. But this idea that her, and I, and I guess if that, if that is your take on it, where, where it is now a, a female becoming God mm-hmm. and, and subjugating man to be this brainless goat boy yeah. that exists in her garden from this point on. Um, and where her husband is, is now, but I, I think, look, Max is obviously the, I mean, you know, he's still, however you want to see it, he's not the most masculine He's man, the ally in the But film, he's the ally, right? right? He's the one who doesn't really care about her sexual past. Well, he understands that it's hers. Right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with him, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, and then becomes her, her companion in this. It, it, I, look, I think... I think this is really, really well done. I think I think Stone and Defoe and uh, I forget the guy's name uh, who plays Max. Remy Youssef. Remy Youssef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think everybody well, I in this think movie interesting is turn so, from him too. Right. I mean, yeah. if you've seen his other stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think everybody is. Br- I, I do think it will be a travesty, and I know it won't happen. But if Ruffalo doesn't win for yeah. best supporting in this, he's so delicious and good. Um, I think, like I said, I think you could toss up between Robbie and Stone, but, uh, but I mean, this is, I mean, have you watched any of the cure or the curse? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I've been kind of saving for it to all to end and then for me to kind of pull it together. I, I like watched through like my fingers the first episode (laughs) just because like the cringe stuff is just like, right, right. Um, and it just makes me uncomfortable, which I mean goes to show how well it's being done. I, I, think, I, look, right? I love Nathan Fielder, but I have a hard time watching his shit. Too. Exactly. Right. Just like that's, it's, I know. So do I, but I'm just like, <laughs> I just can't like, Oh, did you just say, uh, <laughs> I'm always like trying to hide under the couch, right? When it's going on. Right. But she's so good in that as well. I mean, in a, in a similar kind of role, like a misguided kind of progressive sort of, you know, house flipper. Right. But, right. But, but I mean, so the work she's doing right now is just fantastic. 
fantastic. Yeah, she's phenomenal. I mean, like this stuff, even when you see her on like Saturday Night Live or things like that, I mean, the things that, the way that she can kind of transition into like broad physical comedy and just absurdist humor and then to go to something like that, which is not necessarily Which I mean, she showcases in this film too. Right, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it would... Yeah, I I think like I said if you were asking me if I had a vote it would be her over Robbie. Not to say that Robbie. Do you think her having an Oscar works against her? Probably, probably. And I think once things start to 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 gain steam and become a juggernaut, then they'll just then then I think this will be less seen by voters than Barbie. Yeah, too, so. I mean Barbie's like a cultural. And phenomenon. I do think this is a although this you know this is not. This is not necessarily a hard film to watch per it's se. Not. It's uh, not. It's not like it, whereas I would say some of um, Yogi's other films have been like. Oh, when, yeah. What, so this was something else that I wanted to ask. Like, how do you see this fitting in with the rest of his films? I mean, how do you? I don't know. You watch this, and you've seen his his other mm-hmm. works. How is this? I don't know. How did this go down? I mean, I know I, is, I know we I both liked an, it, but I think this is a natural progression from the favorite, right? I think this is I think this is getting into whatever as quote unquote audience friendly as he's ever going to be mm-hmm. is these types of bigger kind of like elaborate. I think I think what we're seeing right now is an Eggers Aster, you know, kind of like envelope of directors that are going to kind of push out on the boundaries of we're going to make expensive movies that were that are going to push the boundaries of like what are considered mainstream films. Um, and then we'll see. I, I, I but yeah, I, I see this as kind of becoming his wheelhouse of like bigger budget and, and ex, kind of expanded themes than when, what he's, you know, yeah. And, and it seems but like, I do think it's like I said, I do think it's easier to watch. I think I, I, like I, said, I think, it, I think it follows pretty well with the favorite as far as one of these, like it's a, it, makes you think kind of things, but it's, but, and, but it, uh, it'll, it allows you to feel smart in a way, right, like, it, right. uh, but also not feel too dumb if you're watching. And it's also it. like just really enjoyable and right, fun to right, watch, right. which it's I funny, think the right? favorite yeah. was as well. Right. Because if you go back before that, you had killing of a sacred deer and the lobster and dog tooth and Alps. Those were four very different films in these last two. Yeah. At least it, it, as I saw them, I mean, just the, just the performances, I think he's, asking for are different right i mean everything before was very stilted and weird and flat right. and and which i really liked but seeing this progression i i think is really kind of cool it's almost like he's sort of letting go a little bit and just i don't know it feels freer yeah right yeah 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 i a little more adventurous yeah, I, I, there's so much that I like. This felt like a Gilliam film in a lot of ways. Like it felt like yeah, a, it, yeah, it, yeah. the the visuals were. Oh god, the fucking sets! I thought were just. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing: like they were steampunky, right? right. But not like douchey steampunky. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Um, like just enough <laughs> that it was like cool. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, so here's something I didn't. I wasn't always on board with, and that was sort of the switching between aspect ratios. Mm-hmm. And so like from the fish eye to then the normal, like 1.66 to one or whatever he was doing, right. black and white to color. I wasn't, it did seem a little performative yeah. in, in, in yeah. a sense where it didn't seem like it added a ton. I'd, I'd like to hear a director's like commentary and like, like see what he was kind of yeah. going for with that. The other thing that I didn't really, I, I have a hard time with characters who provide, 
overt and obvious voice of reason. So like the Jared Carmichael okay, character. Uh, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> I don't, I didn't really vibe with, like, I don't think it was necessary to have Bella need to be turned um, from, you know, from Ruffalo's character to, to kind of come onto her own. And it seemed like the meeting of those two characters was what really was her turning point of like, oh, well, you can do this on your own. You don't have to be beholden to this person, even though he whisks her away almost immediately. I don't think you need those two characters. I do kind of like the deliciousness of the old woman. Like, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the mm-hmm. idea of a younger woman meeting an old woman yes. who has yes. experience and kind of saying, hey, sweetheart, there's a lot of different in the world. And, right. and and so you're going to experience a lot of stuff. So don't, you know, you don't have to be this thing that, that you're being right now, unless you really want to be that thing. The, the Carmichael piece of it, I, I just don't, I don't know. It, 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 kind of, it stood out as like, I don't know why this character is in this movie. Yeah. It, what was the character's name that she meets in the brothel? Oh, um, I forget. So this was, this was, I, I cringed a little bit. Um, with both of those characters, because look, I'll just say, I don't know that we need two black characters cheerleading the white woman. <laughs> right. Sure. Agreed. I, mean, Agreed. I, th- no, I think no, that's something you. where I was yeah. just kind of like, Ooh, that's, I mean, I, I think it's less, I think it's less obvious with the other woman in the brothel and I'm going to find her name, Toinette, um, played by Susie Bimba. I, I think it's less obvious there because there is a kind of relationship. There is a kind of right. like back and forth. And, and they're in the same. similar situation, right? Where they're right. both in the brothel. Right. And, and so they're both working, I think, to liberate each other in a way, right? In in different ways. Right. Where all I see Carmichael doing is, is showing her, teaching her and cheering her to do better. And I'm just like, I don't know. This is, I mean. Yeah. It's almost magical in a sense. Like in a sense, and it's just like, okay, well, I agree. I think, yeah. I think one of those works well. And then two is too much and then calls and then damages the other. Yeah. Um, And I don't think in this film we really need like any men telling her anything. No, no. Her progression is her progression. Yeah. And so so much of it is just born out of curiosity too. And her wanting to learn things and then men trying not to let her learn things. Right. God won't let her out to experience the world because uh, which, okay. I, I kind of get, right. But <laughs> right. still, right. There's, I mean, he locks the windows and come on. Right. Um, and then of course, Ruffalo locks her up and <laughs> throws her books overboard. <laughs> Bella, all you do is read, read, read. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're losing some of the adorable ways you talk, <laughs> which was funny, but like, I don't think we need, I don't know. I mean, I, so much of it is like men keeping her locked in. Yeah. Literally. How do you feel about God's second experiment in this? Oh, I, I think it's kind of abhorrent. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. 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 I mean, I think it's, I think it is born out of loneliness. Right. And, and not being able to have what you really want. So you're going to try to find some other way to do it. And of course, then you're missing the real thing. And then it just turns into a, it's like <laughs> you're, most beloved pet dies. So you rush out immediately and get another one. And then you're like, you're not like my other dog. <laughs> Ugh, I'm taking you back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's misguided. I think it's, um, I mean, I think it's a God complex. I right. mean, really, right. I'm going to do this because I can. And I don't think God is meant to be a kind of, well, I mean, however you want to take God there <laughs> is meant to be a symbol of toxic masculinity or maybe, 
maybe he is, but just a version of a kind of almost benign version. Yeah, benign not being the right word, but a more like, you know, kinder, loving version of toxic masculinity. Right. It feels more like just an existence of the power structure more than really more yes. than the toxic masculinity piece yeah. of it. But I mean, isn't that still toxic masculinity? Of I mean, course, isn't, of course, isn't of course, like but the patriarchy, it, no matter how you engage with it, still kind of like toxic masculinity? It doesn't I'm in charge it. because I'm a man. <laughs> Well, that part of it, yeah. I mean, right, right. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you you clearly know all about women and what they need and what they want. I'm going to tell you what men. Oh, Let's open the phone lines. Yes. Okay. All right, call it. Go ahead. <laughs> you had a question about women? <laughs> you fucking idiots. I know. Yes. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I, I didn't think that was uh, uh, that was weird. Yeah. I mean, it gave Margaret Qualley something. To sure. Do. Sure. <laughs> Which she was good. Yeah, no, she I mean, was good. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Yeah, no, I think, I think every, I think, like I said, this, this, this is not a perfect film by any means, but I do think it is one of the most rewarding that I think I've seen this year by oh, far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're four days into the year. I meant last year. Okay. That's better. <laughs> last 2023. We're not, I'm, I haven't, I haven't watched any actual official releases of 2024 yet. So. I don't know what, I mean, you know, because we won't really, be, oh, we won't really right. call much of an official 2023 release until this weekend when you get like uh Nights, Night Swim. No, well, Night Fiction, to American Fiction to me is still a 2023 film because it's going to be award season for 2023. Oh, because it came, it's coming out here in 20, okay. Yeah. Right. Which, here's been, the thing about that. I cannot fucking believe that Dallas-Fort Worth is not one of the select cities in the U.S., like why is not why is not why is not this city if not any city one of a select city and that's what i in addition to our motto for which is we care but fuck you uh why is not this city our city a select city is the other thing that we i think we want to put on a accessory poster in the, in the in the recording room somewhere i think so yes i, I will do that i will it's always will it's always spot. bothered me that that dallas fort worth had to like be a secondary uh release schedule for major motion pictures it, and that is that is weird. I mean, look, I, I'm not a native of this city or state, um, but Dallas is a big city. Right. It's just a right? big city. And right? population wise, but also culturally. Right. I think it's a big city. And yeah, it makes no sense that stuff isn't there. It, it doesn't come out. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how those things work. I don't know if it's just considered. I'm sure it's because it's considered Bible Belt, like, you know, middle America. They're not going to go for your latest, um, you know, art, art, art house fair, but, uh, art house fire. Cause I can't even say it. I can't even fucking from, from Wilt Stillman, <laughs> right. From Wilt Stillman, from Walt Stillman's <laughs> fucking metropolitan, my ass. But, um, no, I, I, Clint I'm with you. I can't, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus also, Christ. I'm going to do the podcast for the rest of the time in this fucking voice. I do not want your life. <laughs> I do not want your life. For you. <laughs> it may have been an opportunity for you. Listen to Why Does Wilhelm Scream may have been an opportunity your lifetime. I do not want your life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we weren't able to see American Fiction in 2023 when it actually came out. And I'm still Good nervous stuff. about seeing it now. And with the crowd, um, I'm, I'm nervous yeah, about seeing it. Yeah, well, the crowd. I don't think you're going to see it with many people. <laughs> sure, true, true. No, I mean, I don't know if you've if you've looked at any like advanced ticket sales. No, nope, I mean, they're not. There are a lot of there are a lot of seats left <laughs> for this weekend. Right? In fact, it's playing tonight. I think. Oh, is it really? I didn't know. That. Uh, it's playing at. 
one of the Alamos and then at the Angelica. Okay. So I definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to try and get out to the Angelica this weekend. Um, I mean, you have a family and stuff, so I don't know what you're doing. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) When they acknowledge you. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Um, All right. What else do you want to say about... No, I um, I think we're good. I think we we covered it. Uh, Another, another, you know, uh, home run. Way to go. Congratulations. Yeah, I I mean, I really like Lanthimos' work. I mean, I I haven't seen all of, like, the shorter stuff that he's done. Me either. But, I mean... Alps was so weird, as was Dogtooth. And it just, I mean, but they're so interesting and so, there's just so much to think about. I, I mean, for me, anyway, with all of his, all of his movies, including like why he has some of the actors act the way they do in these <laughs> right. films. So, um, well, that yeah. leads well into what we're doing next then. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I want to, I want to start with Flirt. Time's your flight. Seven. What do you want me to say? I want you to tell me if there's a future for me and you. A future, huh? Yes. How can I answer that? Yes or no. How are you, Bill? Mind if I sit down? No, why should I mind? Shot him in the face! Look, quick, we gotta get him to a hospital. Margaret's in a very mixed-up place in her life right now. She doesn't need to get mixed up with someone like you. Someone like me? What's that supposed to mean? But what about Johan? Johan all of a sudden wants me to tell him the future. Johan is a remarkable man. Yeah, but Werner's always fascinated me, too. I'd go for the sure thing. You would, huh? Flirt okay. comes after sure. amateur Let's, because I think I think there's probably less to talk about. Right, flirt. flirt's kind of a harder one to kind of dissect. You mean amateur's a harder one to dissect? No, I mean is. I think flirt. Well, no, no, no. Oh, I'm just saying there's oh. a, yeah. It's one. I'm saying one because you're watching the same thing three times because it's an exercise. I mean, right, it right. really is. I think. Right. I think an exercise, and I mean, yes, and it's weirdly meta and like that's it's. it's uh, I, I do think. Go ahead. Lay okay. It out. Well, lay, here's lay the, out what it's all about. So. These are three short films about lovers' ultimatums set in New York, Berlin, and Tokyo. And it's a there yeah, you go. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's. I mean each. So each scene, or each kind of short film, has the same dialogue, and the same basic premise. You have one one lover leaving to go spend three months in. I think it's Paris in each one. No, it's no, different. It's, it's different. different each one. But yeah. it, leaving, leaving to do work one's in another America, city. One's like, and then generic, yeah. generically America is the Hamburg one or Berlin. I'm sorry, not Hamburg. The, the, right. The, and the, then Los Tokyo Angeles is LA. Is, yeah. And then, yeah. and then Paris and, and, and New York and New is York, Paris. Right. And then Berlin is just, yeah. I think America? it's just generic America. Okay. I don't believe okay. they actually say where they're where? going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, somebody's leaving and they want to know what the future is in this relationship. And because they're going back to a place where their ex still lives and 
Well, but I could never. Are, are they an ex or are they someone? There's someone like a relationship it's, with. It's kind of. Yeah, it's something like they, it seems like they're stringing them along. So like, or, or like, or it's been a long distance thing, and they haven't really truly because they talk about going back, and they're talking about where you're going to go meet back up with your, you know, right. with your other right. person, right? And and all of the people, all of them say like, I'm just the person that they're, they're cheating, seeing, right? yeah, you know, they're, they're they're seeing behind the other person's yeah. back. So yeah. one would assume that the people that are overseas have been engaged in this relationship without actually ending the previous relationship in the right. other continent. Right. Um, but the first, so the New York is um, Parker Posey and Bill Sage. So a kind of heteronormative mm-hmm. relationship. The second one is a gay relationship, two men, right? In a, um, in a relationship. And then the third is- Or at least is, a bisexual relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, right, right. Okay, well, okay, um, take that. You're, just like the, you're talking about the main relationship. That, that, yes, yeah. yes, so yes, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's hints there that the, that the flirt in that one is- is bisexual right. is just kind of like yeah anything that moves right? <laughs> right, right. Um, and then the second or the third one in Tokyo is is man and woman but it's told from the woman's perspective which is the first time we get that right, right? so yeah I mean this film it's an exercise and I think in much the same way that like surviving desire isn't is a kind of exercise but this is much more explicit about it being an exercise yeah we, op- I mean, we open up with Oh, like the director telling us to get ready for the film, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, and then and the only thing that you know that differs really well, the only, not the only thing that differs between the three, but then in the, in the second one, we get um, essentially a, a you know an audience reaction from these construction workers, basically asking whether or not this is actually going to work or not, whether the Malibu is is actually a, a thing that uh, will make a difference between the stories and and uh, uh, whether the director can actually pull this off, and then in the third story. We get Hal Hartley himself As. with, you know, basically cutting together flirt mm-hmm. <laughs> with right. his real life girlfriend at this point. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't realize they're that. They're married. I think oh, they okay. met when they were doing this, but they're married. Oh, okay. Now. So, okay, like, cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. And like, didn't, look, his personal life is his personal life. <laughs> right. We don't, we don't want to interfere. <laughs> uh, you know. But he's carrying around canisters of a film called <laughs> right. Flirt right. with him. Right. So, right. Well, uh, and he forgets one. And like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so throughout the story, so what happens? The, the one of the lovers leaves, but they're trying to go get a car to take them to the airport. But they also have their own thing going on with someone else, right? Or and like unanswered questions with this other person, right? So we find out that a married couple or a committed couple is breaking up once they go get to try to get the car, and that intrigues the flirt. So the, through the each story's character that we follow has is, is basically the flirt. Um, and so the flirt then is like, well, should I get with that person? Because now that they're broken up and then the person that they want to get with their significant other brings a gun to confront them and shoots them in the face. And then there's a, a moment in the hospital where they're being patched up, where they're, they're told to concentrate on something specific. And it's usually a sex scene or a love scene, mm-hmm. um, with the person that they truly want to be with, right? That's, I think that's the idea, right? It's when they're, and, and so <clears throat> that gets them through the pain of this facial, this, you know, getting shot in the face. Uh, and then that's basically it. And then we cut directly to the, and so they, they get healed up and come to grips with, with what they've done, I guess, into a certain sense. And but that we, person we, is gone. Right. right. They want to go back to that person. Right. Who, but they've already left for the airport. Right. They've left for the airport. Yeah. And now, and now they're, um, yeah. So it's a, it, yeah, it is, it's one of those ones, obviously I think it, 
helps to watch this a few times through. Um, because once you realize, especially if, you, if you've read nothing going in on this movie, um, by the time you get to the second one, you're like, oh, wait a minute, okay, this is what's happening. But it's different enough mm-hmm. that it's then always the first time through when I'm watching this for the, for when I haven't seen it in a while. And then I'm trying to piece back. Okay. Well, I'm trying to match the pieces up together and that's probably a mistake. Like you should (laughs) not do that. Um, just let the movie flow and let the stories flow because by the time you get to the Tokyo one, it starts so differently than the other two that then you're like, really, okay, wait, really what? And it ends so differently than the other two. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, this, it's, 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 a it, Ebert talked about this one about it's being it's more fun to talk about than it was to actually watch it. I disagree completely. Oh, yeah. um, I don't think that this one. I think the idea of sitting around and seeing if, if you think that it worked or not, or like I would have. Here's what I would have liked of, for this, <clears throat> and I know it's difficult to do because of the changing of the sexualities and the gender. It would have been difficult to do, but I think it would have been very interesting to like because you do see some of the same actors in. Um, or maybe I'm just conflating that with amateur and Elena is actually in, <laughs> in, in flirt too. Yeah. Um, I, I, because I think they're all, all different. Yeah. It's I don't think that the actors it's just, kind it's of just they basically Are you thinking like a true time. West kind of idea? Yeah. 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 Basically where, where you have different people kind of switch up and play different roles, but yeah. play the same, but play the same story. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is, it's, it's really a lot of fun. I think the, and I think it's the, 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 the takes on each of them are so different. Yeah. Um, because the first one feels like generic Hartley, right? That one feels like, okay, now we're in a Hartley film and I know where all these pieces are going. Yeah. The drunk lady's dancing at the bar and falls down. <laughs> right. and like, it's just, and like, it's all still Martin Donovan still kind of looking uh, angry, angry and threatening violence times. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Bill Sage kind of wandering through nonchalantly and, and, uh, and Posey's great in this too. Oh my like God, she's I know. so cute and like uh, it, that whole scene is wonderful. Um, so it's it's like, it, but then by the time when you get to the Berlin one, and what's the actor's name um, that played Hooper X and Smith's uh, Chasing Amy? He's in amateur as well, but he's so great. Like <clears throat> this is a guy I don't really understand why he's not doing anything anymore. His last credit was like 2011. It's, it's his name of the character in, in flirt is his actual name. I can't remember now what it was. And I, that was the one I didn't write down. Oh, Dwight Ewell. Dwight, Dwight is, and he's, that's his character's name in the movie. Yeah. So Dwight Ewell. So he's so good in his role. I think it's one of those things. He never, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't like, like, especially from, I know he does a lot of stuff kind of indie wise, but they're all like small supporting roles. Like why he doesn't break out after chasing Amy. Like, and I know maybe it's the, but like you figure like, maybe it's, it's the, uh, his mannerisms are for 93 and 94, 95, mm. Um, a little too homosexual to be like, but like, you mean a little more, a little, a little too effeminate, effeminate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. No, um, no, no, no. But, but I, but I feel like you're canceled. I, I feel like, uh, he could have worked really well in like a guy, Richie early crime thriller. I mean, he would have been, I think he, he thinks he's really, really good. Um, well, he, who, who is that character? I know there in, is another character in, uh, guy Ritchie's, in like, Lock Stock. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, who, Almost looks like Harold Pernou. Who's actually in this as well. I know. I know. <laughs> right. Well, this was what, okay. So this is what I was saying to you. I'm like, the people that pop up in these fucking movies are crazy. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, 
Colt McElhinney mm-hmm. at the bar, right? You've got Martin Donovan. You have Parker Posey. You have um, Harold Pernu. You have Michael Imperioli, yeah. right? You have um, Paul Scholes, who's been in a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. And I mean, most of it will be Nurse Jackie, right? But you're like, oh, that guy, he's in. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I think we, and there's even more, Tim Blake Nelson is an amateur. Yeah, it's crazy. That <laughs> like was like, that like was a, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. But I mean, all of these people, and, and I mean, again, I know I've said this about Donovan, but, and, and you just said about Dwight, you're like, why aren't some of these actors like bigger? Why did they not? I mean, because this showcases, I think, Newell some hasn't of the acted, stuff that like they, said, his last credit was 2011, <clears throat> which is, which is bonkers to me how, like, he's. Like he's a distinctive voice. He's he's got a great look to him, and yeah. he's good in everything. I mean, like he's distinctive in everything you see him do. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine why you wouldn't like be picking up on wanting him in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, seeing him in this film, and this is, I think, what you were at least in part getting to, or that I wanted to get to, <laughs> was it how that phone booth scene is so different, right? Between yeah. Bill Sage flirting with this girl on the phone right? as he's as he's trying to figure out what to do with his girlfriend upstairs and calling someone who he just got romantic with right? Right. but and he's like touching fingers with this with, with this woman as he hands her a quarter I mean, it's just but it's brilliant and then the next scene with with yule at the at the phone booth is completely different right she right? grabs him she in the grabs crotch, his crotch basically. and he's just like you know, right, whatever, right, right, whatever. But then we see, and then I think that that stands out more as we see him with, um, um, the man who he's, who he's, you know, had a brief kiss with or whatever. Right. 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 Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that it, was, that was not very eloquent. It, another apologize. one of those, another one of those movies that like, I, I think it does a disservice to like lay it out for you. Like this idea that yes, the, yes, the dialogue is all the same. But these are so wildly differently told yeah. stories that it's like I said, like if you try to piece this together, it's not going to work for you because you're going to spend all your time going, I'm, I'm waiting for this action to happen and it's not going to happen the same way. And especially as like as you get the kind of breakouts of like, well, <clears throat> now we've got these construction workers now talking about the film that we're watching and whether or not it's actually going to work or not. Um and then at the end, when you're watching basically a man roll, like like, like roll, the flirt the movie. This is like a spaceballs type thing where it's rolling flirt the movie on a can in a, Wait, in a canister. That- <laughs> Rewind. It. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, I I I think it's a lot of fun to watch. I don't you know as a movie as a whole. I don't necessarily know. You know, this is not like this is not gonna. I think this is looking at this as three short films by. Hal Hartley is the better way to look at this rather than sure. this is flirt the movie. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think it's one of his stagier movies, sure, right? right? Where it feels like it's something kind of happening on a stage. Right. And that's, that's the one thing I got when I was watching it too, is I was like, I would have loved, I would love to see an adaptation of this for this stage. I think that would be really, really fun yeah. to see a three act. And like, then you do the true West thing. Right. Yeah. And then you do this. Yeah. And then you take the story. Um, yeah. And then you, cause you can move, you could play with the ethnicities <clears throat> enough where they could blend in with the, you know, there's a ways to do oh, it. Oh yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even if you just take like a set troop and then they can rotate characters, right? And then, anyway, one, something that I, so I talked about how Surviving Desire was just like all philosophy, right? <laughs> right it was like right, an, right, hour, yeah. an, an hour long philosophy. I mean, this is very much the same, um, the same as that. I And I think this one is so interested in, 
and maybe this is just me too, but I think it's so interested in language and, and what words can mean when the context changes, mm-hmm. right? And right. who says them and how they're said and how there's a completely different feeling from each, each film to each film. Right. 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 And, and that's something that I really love. It, that's why I'd watch it over and over and over again. Right. Right. Because right. there's so much nuance to pick up on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's yeah. malice in one scene where there wasn't, where there's humor in another. Right. Yeah. There's, and, and like, for a moment in the Japanese uh, one, you almost think that it's going to be a completely silent, like 30 minutes. I know. Like, like, I just... know. <laughs> I was almost disappointed when they started to talk. Right. I was like, well, oh, that would have been cool. Because <laughs> the, when they do start talking, it's from a scene, the, the dialogue starts from a scene we're not actually seeing yet. Right. right. And so I was just like, oh, shit, are we like going to get like all of this? Um, you know, kind of off camera or off, off mic, you know, just, just kind yeah. of dialogue. Been really cool. Obviously they don't go there, but there is a lot of like the, where certain characters don't talk at all. Um, I, I do, it would be fun to see like this also expand, like to kind of be shortened and expand. I'd like, I'd, one seeing this makes me want to put it in other scenarios and, 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 sure. time, you know, and just, and to, because again, part of, like I said, part of the fun is playing with that dialogue and playing with, the way that we say things and how they're interpreted and, and uh, um, the stingier part of myself wants to see it like verbatim place by place and like, and, and putting it in different for, you know, to putting it, uh, you know, in different scenarios, but playing yeah. it a little closer to, but that each. assumes that like every place is the same. Sure. Right? No, no, no I, I understand. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's, and, and, and that's where, because so you watch New York, and you go to Berlin and you understand like immediately, right? When the other guy comes walking in saying the same thing that Parker Posey said, you're like, okay, right. I know the rules. I know what's going on. But then you start to see other things happen because of the culture that this moment is happening right. in. And then you see like, okay, they're at, they're at a bar, they're at a cafe. It's the same thing, but it's kind of not, I mean, it's right. just different enough where you're like, oh, this is, that's what I think keeps us engaged too, right? Where if it, if the stingier side of you won over. Right. It's the wrong I, way to go. I think sure. you'd be like, why am I watching three of these? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and then in Tokyo, when we see the kind of prolonged um, moment with the gun, right. When she gets the gun, I'm sorry, is it Miho? When. No, is that her name? I think so. Okay. Um, I was going to say, you didn't help me out. You were looking. I was like, when she gets the gun from like the director's wife, right. And then she goes to hide it. Oh, we don't get that in any other. Right. Scene. So right. I mean, well, we get the same elements, the only, but then we get something. Right. And that's the only one where she shoots herself. Right. 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 <laughs> right. When it's, I mean, it's, it's the only one where a, a different kind of compassion is shown for the other person involved too. Right. Right. True. True. Which, true. which I thought was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like going back to Tokyo, that's the only one where the two people end up together. Right. Right. Where, um, she comes out from getting her face stitched up and Hal Hartley is, is there, there waiting for her, wait in the her. waiting room. Like, yeah. Right. He's the one who her. didn't leave basically. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't look at it that way. And it could have been, it could have been because he, he forgot the, the one film, film canister. <laughs> right. But that's a cynical way to look at true, it. True, true. <laughs> I, but I did find it funny that Donovan's character comes into the bar with a box that says revolver like, several different <laughs> oh, times no. on him. I'm just like, <laughs> I know. I just, 
it's stuff like that though that's so this is these are things that make me love how Hartley like that much more when right. it's just like in your face kind of. <laughs> right that, you know ludicrousness of it's like <laughs> right right because I mean there are plenty of times where yeah he's using symbolism and semiotics and other times he's just like gun you know I mean it's <laughs> right right so much fun yeah um what else I mean I don't know where did this do you know anything about like box office for this or where it screened first? Because I don't really. So he wrote, he he filmed the short before right, he did Amateur. Right. Um, and then he got money to expand on it, I think, after Amateur came okay. out. Uh, but I can't imagine this making any money. Oh, no. Like, no, I mean, no, like no, 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 no. So no. I, no, I don't have any idea. No. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what, it, there's not a whole lot. <clears throat> sorry, there's not a whole lot as far as like when it was released. So I, I, as right. far as like where it got, you know, so I would imagine it, it got Sundance or can or something like that. Yeah. And then, but, but I can't imagine this. Cause, cause I couldn't find much on that. And I couldn't find much on this at all. Right. Um, other than like what I knew already, which was, yeah, he did. Yeah. The short. And then <coughs> I remember the, the cover of this one. I, I remember the box art for this one quite a bit, but like that's, but um, and so it always seemed to me, cause I could remember this is that this seemed like more, one of the more, um, recognizable Hartley films, but I don't really think that's mm, true. No. And I just think it just mainly because it came out after amateur and then amateur fits so well with what was going on at the time film wise yeah. that, um, this was leading into Hartley's. I mean, obviously, we're going to go directly into Henry Fool, but uh, yeah, this is leading into Hartley's most profitable era. Like I said, I know it was, I know the budget was like seven hundred fifty thousand, which is basically nothing, you right. know. Um, right. So, like I said, I can't imagine that it was doing. It didn't. It it was. It's not universally loved. I think people like the idea. Like I said, I like the idea of it more than I actually like. I mean, Ebert's kind of right in the sense of how it was perceived. Is that it is a <clears throat> conceptually, it's great as a as a movie, I'm going to go sit down and spend 90 minutes on and chewing popcorn on. Okay. Maybe not. Well, right. I, yeah. I mean, is it a movie that I think this is a Hartley completist kind of, uh, exercise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's nobody who's saying flirts Hartley. They're their favorite Hartley film. No, I mean, I get that. I get that. But, but I think I see, I think I like this a lot more than you did. And oh, I, I like it. I, I mean, I really did. I said a lot more. Okay. Than <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, I think movies like this where it's, it's a clear exercise and the exercise is doing something that I'm already like really interested in. Like if, 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 if you come to me and say, Hey, I want to, I want to talk about like language and how like words mean things. I'm like, fuck yes. Okay, cool. You got me. Right. 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 And so I think like it really does kind of fit right in my, right in my wheelhouse. And so that's why I'm like, okay, it's not, not my favorite Hartley, but I really dug this. It's probably the most Cassavetes Hartley that exists. <laughs> There's probably another reason why that's something else that I was thinking about watching this was I'm like, this would be something that like Cassavetes would do. And just in that kind of like, I'm going to do what I want. Like right. e whatever, yeah. you know what? I, it's my money. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And this is what I want to do right now. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a smart play too, because coming off of what would have been your most recognizable film in amateur and having a string of underappreciated indie darling yeah. films to be able to turn around and say, you know, this is, I'm going to go ahead and spend some time and money making this, you know, uh, flight of fancy that I want to do. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a yeah. smart play to do this. Then, 
Um, because otherwise you're going to get caught up in doing it, it, what happens afterwards after this is over, right? I mean, you're going to do Henry Fool, which is probably, like I said, you're most successful. And at that point, you're not going to be able to go back to do something like this. Right. You're not going to get well, I mean, in fact, I mean, he does. Does he do no such thing after Faye Graham or before Faye before Graham? Before Faye Graham. Okay. Yeah. Right. With MGM. Like right. with an actual studio, right? It's like too late blues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it really you know, is. I mean, yeah. in that because again, not, I don't know, is that like the least best Hartley? I mean, is that like? I mean, I I, I haven't rewatched. Really it. I, I've been holding on. I was to gonna it. say because so, it's not one that that I remember. I remember absolutely loathing it when it came out. Yeah, that's what and I so, mean. Like so, I, um, and and loving like, but again. I don't, so I haven't, I have not watched no such thing since I originally watched it. Um, and I remember loving Henry Fool so much yeah. that that was part of the disappointment in no such thing was that it was such a letdown from no such, from, from Henry Fool. Yeah. And so I don't know if that was warranted necessarily. I do, I have read some reviews of no such thing and, and it was, it spoke like Hartley was having trouble getting the next thing going and this was an opportunity to make a movie. Right. And so he took it. Um, so I don't know. Well, I, well, I'll have to. I'll, I'll dig more into it when we get to that. Yeah. Can get to it, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't uh, really. Um, I haven't spent any time looking into it just as of yet. Let's talk amateur. Um, right, let's do it. You're in love with him. I only just met him. I hate him anyway. How long has it been since you left the convent, Isabel? Ten months. How long were you a nun? Fifteen years. That's a long time. When I make mistakes, they tend to be big ones. Walking. Walking. Drive. Where to? Just drive. Right. Frankfurt first. Frankfurt, right? Amsterdam. You sure? London. wakes up on a New York City alley. Uh, he meets Isabel, an ex-nun, now erotic writer, at a diner and follows her home. She helps him find his identity. Then there's Sophia, 
the porn star. <laughs> That's the, I, I read the IMDb. I know, IMDb I know. Well. But this is, I mean, they're so ridiculous that I just can't like, this. Th- because like, again, like that doesn't really. A lot of this feels like, it feels like a chat GPT explanation for a Hal Hartley yeah. film. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, there has been so much chat around chat GT, chat chat GPT and like Dolly and all that stuff like lately. And it's been coming from like established people giving tips on how to write prompts for these things. Right. So it's coming from journalists or from artists, right? Who've like, Oh look, I made this thing with like Dolly or whatever. Let me know if you want like uh, the prompts that I gave. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like what, wait, or like this, this Embracing guy, the inevitable is what I, we're doing. But this is, but then, okay. So this guy who's like a best selling writer was, was talking about like, this is all the stuff I did to like, you know, write this article. And people are like, then you're not really writing it, are you? Right. Anyway, sorry, a little tangent there, but right, I, I just, but again, like, I think this does come back because, like, yeah, what if you feed this stuff into an algorithm and you're like, make me a Hal Hartley film for 2027? I find like a lot of that is, 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 I, I feel like it's a lot of it, like, it's overly generic. Like, it doesn't really, like, I don't think it's quite there yet, but I do think, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that like, if you find yourself that you're a journalist or, or, or an author or a creative type of, you know, at all, I, I, do, I think this is automating the mundane. I'm all for, right? I mean, sure, like, sure. Right, right. But, but true art is not going to be generated out of this. Yeah. And so like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like if we were to ask this to do a Hal Hartley, it would just, it would just generate a generic ass film that wouldn't be Hal Hartley. Right. right? I mean, it would have none of the same kind of nuance and right. the same sort of, I, this just seems like a, like, like one of those, uh, you know, create your own creature like games when you have when you're a kid, like I'm going to put some, put these pants on and I'm going to put this, you know, the head of uh, the, the creature. <laughs> that was like how on. I got dressed. Like, Oh, I'm put this shirt on right. this shoe and that shoe. But yeah. Um, when you're talking about, okay, you've got Martin Donovan and he's playing a character. It doesn't matter what it is, right? He's yeah. an amnesiac pornographer who hooks up with a nymphomaniac virgin nun. I love, I love this. <laughs> right. It sounds like, it sounds like a Mad Libs version of a movie. I know. I know. <laughs> but then you're like, you know, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> right. 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 Who, you know, who doesn't eat because she's not a very good, she's not a very good porn writer. Uh, she's, and because the problem is, that she is too poetic with her pornography. I love that. <laughs> right? The it's editor's like, like this is not poetry. good. It's poetry and you know it. <laughs> so we meet, we meet our, our, um, we meet Martin Donovan who we don't know anything about. And he's laying on the ground. Um, basically in a cobblestone alley in Tribeca. Right. Uh, and then we meet Isabel Huber. Uh, how do you pronounce her last Huber. name? Huber. Uh, you, we meet her, and she is in a diner, basically, like, talking out loud to herself. She's writing dirty stories. And she's writing, yeah, she's writing a pornographic novel. And she's talking about how her hand's on his cock. And, like, and this couple gets very upset with her. It's like, we're trying to eat breakfast here. Like, you're, you're just upsetting my girlfriend. Then <laughs> the waitress is, like, telling her to leave because she hasn't bought anything. And she bought, you know, besides two cups of coffee. And a muffin that day. And a muffin, and a muffin that day. <laughs> and then Martin Donovan <clears throat> wakes up, doesn't know who he is, wanders in. Um, tries to buy a coffee, but he only has Dutch, Dutch money. money. <laughs> <laughs> and those two then try to figure out the the mystery of of 
Martin Donovan. And 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 basically Isabel, uh, whose character's name is Isabel, Isabel right? <laughs> They're all named the same. I, I don't know why I even looked at my notes. Right. No, um, I, I did that earlier when I was. I'm like, what? Okay, what was her name? And I'm like, oh. Isabel. Okay. And she like, she called Hartley and was like, I, I don't, I want to be in your next movie. I don't care what it is. I want to be in your next movie. And this was 95. So like what had Four, she? Yeah. Oh, 94. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So it premiered at Cannes in 94 and didn't premiere in the States until like a full year later. Right. 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 Um, and I'm just trying to think like what else was Isabel Huppert in like before that? That I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, keep talking. Gone that. fishing was 97. She didn't show up. And I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so she, she has been, she, basically she's realized that her, and I, I assume that she was in the nunnery because she was a nymphomaniac. Um, and that was trying to, to, to squash those emotions. She realizes it was a mistake. So she's looking for someone to have but sex. She with. makes big mistakes. She they makes last big 15 mi- years. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and so she keeps asking Martin Donovan if they're going to, if, they, if he'll make love to her. And, um, and then they keep getting interrupted mm-hmm. in different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out because she's a pornographer and Martin goes off to a video store to rent a video of which, where she's a member, uh, he rents, he rents a movie called gang rape who actually happens to, it happens to be a movie that he is responsible for. And his protege, Sophie, is and I say protege in the loosest definition of the term. He basically drugged her and made her do all these things underage. Yeah. I trafficked her almost, right? Right. I mean, um, and so he starts to remember who he is, and um, basically he was this violent pornographer. The mm-hmm. reason the reason he was mm-hmm. on the street is that Sophie pushed him out of a window because <laughs> <laughs> she had left him, and then he tracked her down. Right. What you left out about the movie. Um, him renting the movie was that before that Isabel gives him one of her magazines to just like busy himself with. Right? <laughs> right. She's like, here, you can read this. And so he goes out like for a walk cause he's meeting up with her later and sits down on a bench next to a schoolboy, right? <laughs> who's reading. What is he reading? I forget. Joyce oh, or something. Or oh, the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. He's reading the Odyssey. Okay. He's like, what are you reading? And he shows it's like wet and he wild. He shows this key. Yeah, he's like, or oh, no, chicks. It's just, it's just chicks. <laughs> and so they have this conversation, right? And I love the kids. Like, do all women have hair between their legs? And Donovan just goes, ah, the woman on page twenty-two doesn't. <laughs> and like, then, yeah, most of them. But- <laughs> most of them, but the one on page twenty-two doesn't. And then the and then the the teenage boys like. Um, do you know Sophia, like whatever, like cause right. she's an actress and he's like, no. And, and he goes, well, she does. And then whispers it like in his ear. And so then that leads him to then get the go video, there. but it's right. just such a weird scene. It's just a funny, <laughs> right. but like brilliant scene that this guy walking around with a porno mag just sits down next to someone. Hey, it's like, what, I, what are you reading? And the kid's like, can I keep this? And it's like, yeah. well, that belongs to a friend of mine. I better go back there. <laughs> right. so. But, but there's also is part of like the whole film where it's, it's all just deadpan, right? All of it is just taking it like face value, right? I'm, I'm a nymphomaniac, but I've never had sex. Hmm. How do you know you're a nymphomaniac? I just do. And I'm like, okay. Right. I'm right. <laughs> or, you know, I'm a nun who wants to write, you know, these erotic stories, but you know, in here, here's one of my porno mags. It's like the least sexiest 
film well, ever. And, and also, it's great. Like the, it's so funny, but it doesn't. It, but also because the one, like you said, the dialogue's so nonsensical. When Sophie, so Sophie is in a uh, a coffee shop as well, meeting up with a accountant that was that <laughs> that was a like former a crime accountant, right? A former acquaintance of Thomas, who's Martin Donovan's character, the pornographer, and um. Essentially, she's using him to like for she needs to find a safe house because she's trying to get away from him. Um, and at that point, the dialogue turns to why um, I guess Thomas it, Thomas was in in danger of this of this other larger f- crime figure named yeah. Jacques um, because he had some floppy disks. Oh, and and the, and the whole conversation around the they're floppy disks is that they're square and they're not floppy. It's like, this is what they call them, all right? It's just what they call them, the floppy disks. <laughs> and then that repeats the, itself yeah, later. Time, Why do right. they call them floppy? Um, they're not floppy. But Jock kills anyone who knows about the floppy disks. The, and, and this is all convoluted. This won't make sense listening to it at all. But like, no. Sophie's supposed to go to the safe house outside of the city, but she realizes an opportunity because she knows that the accountant has the floppy disks. Or that Thomas had the floppy Thomas disks. Thomas has the floppy disks. And she's trying to use that to parlay that into some cash from Jacques. So Jacques, so she calls Jacques. <laughs> she goes to the to the coffee shop. She's like, can I borrow your phone? He's like, there's a pay phone in the back. She's like, yeah, but I don't have any change. He's like, is it local? She's like, not really, but I'll be short. <laughs> and then sure. she goes, and then she calls the Netherlands. <laughs> um, and then, so... Uh, th- Jacques sends two of his goons to go and find Sophie. Um, all the while, now that Thomas starts to realize where he's from and he's watched the movie Gang Rape that Sophie is in, him and Isabel go to that loft to have sex, but they're interrupted by the goons, or they're interrupted by Sophie coming home and the yeah. goons chasing Sophie, essentially. But it's not so much that he starts to remember, has inklings, but it's that Isabel is looking for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? Which is another theme of like Hartley's words, true, true, right? True. You know, why are we here? Why are we doing any of this? Why does it fucking matter? And Isabel's like, her. It's that girl. Because she saw her at the movie theater earlier as well. Right. And she's like, I'm supposed to help that girl. I, I, I was sent you so that I can help her, right? And so then they go... Who do they, I forget, how do they find out, they find out the address somehow, or they go to the alley where they found him, where he was, right, and then they, right. they go upstairs, they upstairs, and they yeah. figure out they go upstairs, and then, yeah, they're getting ready to, to have sex, and then the, the goons and Sophie come in. And then, so the goons tie up Sophie, and then, and, and they're, they're about to hurt her, cause mm-hmm. she, and, and like basically kill her, because Jacques kills everyone who knows about the, about the floppy disks. Like in a bad way, because they also killed the accountant. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, does that happen before this all happens? Yeah. Or where we see the accountant get, you know, essentially accosted on the streets. So the goons find yeah. the accountant, throw him in a car. And then they zap him. And, and, the, the, and the craziest and like, and like dumbest fight sequence ever, where like he, he hits him like, Really broadly over the head with his, he hits one of the goons over the broadly over his head with a briefcase, and then like starts to run real dramatically away from them, and they end up catching him, throw him in a car. Well, probably leather soled shoes and so <laughs> slipping good, around. Good point. Yeah. Um, so Isabel and Thomas are watching the goons rough up Sophie and tie her up and about to kill her, and Isabel puts on one of Sophie's outfits and gets a drill. <laughs> And Thomas finds a gun and they go off and they stop. They 
end up knocking one of the the goons out of the window mm-hmm. and shooting one of the other. Would they shoot him at this point? No, they don't shoot him at no, this point. No, because they um, they just hold a gun. They just hold. A well, gun they run him. away. He was going. They miss each other. Right, right, right. right. Oh, and then right, he sees right. him out the window, and they steal his car. So they rescue Sophie. They steal his car, mm-hmm. and then they go to the um, they go to the safe house that Sophie was supposed to go to all along to meet up with the accountant. And the accountant was going to meet her there to give her some money so she could get out of the country. Uh, <laughs> the the goon actually finds Sophie's wallet and finds the address of the safe house, um, and he follows them out there. Then there's a scuffle between guns. People get shot. Um, Sophie gets shot, and then and so and the accountant the accountant gets I can't remember now what the hell happens to the accountant. Nothing. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I mean, he he in one of the funnier scenes of murder. He shoots the goon, runs past him, comes back, shoots him again, runs away from him, comes back, shoots him again, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and just keeps dying. He's now catatonic after being sort of electrocuted over and oh, over. Oh, that's and right. Over I forgot that again. he was tortured too. Right? Yeah, that's right. And then Parker Posey and Dwight Ewell come into that like abandoned loft, which, you know, it's like his spot, right? Right. And she's like, there's a dead guy in the corner. And he's like, what? No way. <laughs> but it turns <laughs> out he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so Isabel Thomas and Sophie, once Sophie gets shot in the scuffle at the safe house, um, they take her back to the Isabel's convent so that she can basically pass away. And um, Isabel and Thomas kind of, they kind of make peace with one another. Thomas kind of comes to grips with who he really was. Who he was, even though he doesn't really remember because he keeps asking Sophie to tell him. Right, right? and she won't. And she won't, but she does tell Isabel. And then they're both like, and that's where Isabel's like, it doesn't matter like who you were. And I think this is, again, something, one of the maybe bigger things here is that, um, you know, who would we want to be if we were a blank slate, if we could start over as a blank slate, right? right. Who, and what does that old person matter? What does that mean? How does that then affect the choices that we make, make kind of going right. forward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Thomas is, is decides to leave Isabel, uh, and she gives him the gun to protect himself, essentially, he walks outside of the convent. The cops are waiting outside because they're looking for a murderer. They shoot Thomas, and yeah. now he's basically back on the ground, right where he started off right. at the beginning right. of the movie, right. which is it, awesome. It's great, it's, yeah, it's right? So good. Right there, and, and the cops going, "That's not him. That's not him." And That's they just not walk who they were away. after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, so. Like I said earlier, I mean, despite some of the subject matter, this movie is not exotic. Mm. It's not sexy. And, or at least not like in a conventional kind of sexy way. And it's a thriller in name only. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a film that wears the clothes of a thriller and keeps asking us if we like the outfit it has on. I mean, it's like that <laughs> right. kind of like, Well, I can imagine this coming out in the post Pulp Fiction era and people reading the synopsis and thinking, oh shit, this is another, yeah. like, you know, this is another Tarantino. But it came out at the same, they were at right. Cannes yeah. together. Right, yeah, together, yeah. Um, and then people going, wait, that wasn't anything what I was expecting it to be at all. But it's weird because it kind of is in the way that, again, we've talked about this, but the way that both directors really use dialogue mm-hmm. and use the way that these people speak, right? In, in a very particular kind of way. Right. It's just not as pop culture. like It, it had that know, kind I of mean, same kind of postmodern absurdism too that 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 i don't know that this is probably the most extreme example of it no, right yeah, but but yeah. um 
but yeah, you wouldn't have been people talking in stilted, nonsensical ways. You wouldn't have been too out of the norm of, of films that were coming out at the same right, time frame. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I also think, I mean, this is clearly his darkest film mm -hmm. as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like the others in that it's an inquiry into ideas. Right. I mean, but this one's what is sort of looking at how, how certain aspects of society alienate us and how we kind of then like can come together because of that. I mean, cause you, I mean, this one I think also really focuses on, or at least kind of, um, obliquely, um, the, the idea of the objectification of, of women, mm -hmm. um, violence in terms of sex, right? I mean, along with the pornography, but then also violence in movies in yeah. a, in a weird kind of way. So. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, this one is hard to place in his, it feels like a distinct like point, right? I mean, like it, it feels like a, un, a unique entry into his filmography mm -hmm. Because again, as we get the, the the movies that we get after this seem so much bigger and grandiose. Um, this one is a distinct departure from the Long Island trilogy that we got beforehand, because that was were so like lighthearted um, and like the, the their characters were so bright eyed and, and innocence. In this case, none of that really happened. Like all of them have had you know, they're all kind of steeped in a, you know, in a almost obvious cloak of like, of, have filth in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, so it feels different in that, in that, in that way. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. It's just, it's, but it, it is, it, it, it feels weird coming off of the three prior and surviving desire to go into this one and to kind of have a, because again, you're still dealing with the same people, right? It's not, I mean, it's the same actors, mm -hmm, different characters. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, yeah, I so say it's, it's kind of, it's a kind of a jarring uh, uh, transition yeah. to go from this. And especially going directly back into Flirt, which feels a lot more like, again, Hartley just trying to take the piss in a way and then trying to figure <laughs> shit out. Like, I mean, like, and just, yeah, I mean, like I said, once we, this, this makes sense going into Henry Fool. Um, because I do think his characters become, they're, they're still, you know, there's, they're still optimist, I think in a sense, but they're, but they're realists in a way too. And I don't think in the long Island trilogy, there was not much realism, you know, in, in those mm. characters, you know, outlook on life. No, I mean, I, I, it's, it's interesting that I think almost all the characters are, are realists, but still naive at the same time. Right, right. And, and I mean, the way they talk about this stuff, the way that, I mean, this is, while the subject matter is so much darker than like the Long Island trilogy, I, I still think the delivery or the approach and the filmmaking makes it that much more, I don't know, compelling or interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, this could have been played as a straight like jackass. I mean, like not jackass, but I'm saying this could have been played as a straight Tarantino type of right. Like, man, what I meant by jackass, or even something darker like, like an eight millimeter. I don't know. I'm just thinking of something sure, else in, in like sure. the porn right. world, right? right? Yeah, I mean, this could have been played. And I'm not saying eight millimeter is good, but I mean, <laughs> right? No, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but, it, this but is it wasn't a, a Fincher, Andrew Kevin Walker kind right, of like right. thing that was going on, right? I mean, 
Because um, I mean, well, we'd be we would be close, close right? to that yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it would. It's one of those things too. It's like it's funny to me that Hartley never, seemingly, even at this stage in his career, has kind of been, like, like stumped on by or stomped on by the the studio heads at this point like trying to trying to force a vision out of him or force him into a certain yeah. um now now i don't think you would have looked at the other movies and said okay well crime quote unquote crime crime thriller that, 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 that this that this isn't but it kept, you know pretends to be um would be hartley's next film but if you're offering up notes on this i can only imagine the notes being yeah, we're going to want to see nudity. We're going to want to see right. actual violence. Right. We're going to want to see people get shot and people get tortured and people get, you know. And, and there and is and we, and that, we, but it's so tame. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, one, the electrocution scene is, <laughs> like, comical. It's, it's so like, cute, like, right? right? Yeah, it almost makes, like, funny noises when they put it to this, to his temples. Like, it's it like, like, I thought they were garroting him at first, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's just, a, it's just, yeah, it's, they're just electroshocking bear it's a bare electric electrical cord from a lamp right and like the movie doesn't ever fall like everyone looks like they could step out of their character and step into another character's shoes and 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 they all look the same like the the i mean like the only thing that's only separating the the accountant out is his wild hair like yeah. it doesn't yeah like it doesn't um the the goons are just suited white dudes there's not like there's anything that's distinctive about them at all in fact i couldn't possibly tell them apart from one another <laughs> if, if you paid me so like <laughs> um and like you know when he falls out of the like the, yeah this could have been ramped up to 11 oh, without, yeah. any, without, <laughs> without much trying to be honest but when he like when he falls out of the window it's really it that's almost three stooges-esque yeah and, and so i mean yeah it's, I mean, it's yeah uh, it it's I I know we talk about this on all the people we talk about, but like it's it really is that that hard to believe that like a Weinstein didn't get a hold of, and I guess maybe because his films were never really all that popular. Like there was never right. really a, a you know there was never really I would say a ton of buzz around Hartley um, outside of a small window of. McSweeney readers probably. And that's basically, you know, I'm, just, I'm saying like, it's just that, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a, yeah. Diablo Cody will reference him later on in another movie, but that'll be the, that'll be his, like his last pop, pop culture entry. Why did you just reference Diablo Cody? I was just thinking of Juno and okay. like and McSweeney's. And yeah. That was the whole, yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Diablo Cody. Mm. Or McSweeney's, <laughs> you know, I don't mind. I like. No, well, I mean, I think. I mean, I, I used to like McSweeney's. Or I have a not lot read more McSweeney's than I did. In a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time, and I think if that tells you um, <laughs> anything. Um, but I mean, I do think Hartley has that kind of irony, mm -hmm. right? that sense of irony, a very deadpan, low key kind of irony that then got away from McSweeney's. Right? I mean, it's a very kind of Saraval um, irony. Um, yeah, so no, I mean, think, yeah, I think that makes sense, right? There seemed to exist in the late to mid to late nineties this like era of pre internet hipness. I was just gonna say like kinda how hipstery we sound right now. But it, we, yeah, yeah, but but there really was this like essence of inaccessible cool mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that you <clears throat> like we've talked about this before, but like nowadays everything if you want to be an expert on a subject, it's just, it's just, it's at your fingertips. Yeah. Like you 
And I'm not saying that the things that we're talking about were were difficult, not like overly difficult. But if you wanted, but you to had be, to go to the bookstore, right? You had to go to the bookstore if you wanted to be a McSweeney's reader. You had like, like I was thinking about this today about like um, how because when when in Flirt when they're walking through the bookstore, I don't know why it clicked in my head, but mm. like how there used to be. Uh, bookstores this, everywhere. Well, Sorry. one bookstores everywhere, but this like idea of like cool um, prestige magazines, not prestige magazines, but like all these like different types of magazines that you would, you know, that came out quarterly, like kind of like McSweeney's, but like, yeah. but different, you know, that would have interesting articles and that you would be like, you know, 20 bucks, $20 a magazine. Cause you're getting them imported well, from someplace. Right. Right. And like right, right. Um, well, I mean, I think about like how, how hard it used to be to like pick up Mojo or NME. Right. 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 right yeah. Or, um, you know, then political stuff like Harper's or American Prospect. I mean, those were, you had to go like find those. I mean, well, do you remember when you could go to like the Barnes and Noble or any bookstore and pick up a village voice? Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. I mean, I know the village voice, but, but, <laughs> right. but that was how you found that stuff. Right. 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 And then, you know, the other kind of like mimicking alternative weeklies that were wherever you lived. Yeah. So. It, it, it had an air of, uh, accomplishment to, to have knowledge on these certain things. And also, and then, yeah, we gate kept it to a certain extent because it was, or at least at the very least we, we used it as a, a symbol, a status symbol. To sure. Like, sure. I mean, y- yes, but I mean, I don't know. Was it a kind of status symbol of I am worth talking to? Kind of like, Hey, do you want to look, look what I'm reading? Do you want to, ha- you want right. to talk about stuff? I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's, at least that's how I hoped I was using it like at the time, because I don't know. I mean, like my immediate kind of circle did not give a shit. <laughs> do you <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you would do that. You'd go and sit at like the bookstore with a cafe or at a coffee shop and read, right? McSweeney's or the village voice and hope that somebody, <laughs> Hey, what's, Oh yeah. I read that article. And then I don't know. Maybe right. Yeah, my favorite thing, I used to have a subscription to NME and I would just, mm-hmm. and I would listen to the CDs for yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, and I would scour the magazine for bands that they, you know, they always had a recommended if you like, um, yeah. which we don't always have that, but, it, but, or but, I don't, but, it's, <laughs> but, but it was always, and then I would go, it was just, a, and it was just a matter of like then scouring like used record stores, yeah. um, you know, for that. So that, that whole thing of like, it, it took effort, In right? steps. And to be. You had to have a, if you wanted to watch Japanese cinema, you had to have a region free player, you know, and, and like there were, and you had to understand regions and like, and, and like a lot of times. But that's re- even coming later. True. true. I well, mean, I don't I mean, know, but even the, I mean, yeah, that's true. Probably coming a little bit later because the technology wouldn't have been there, but yeah, there's, but because I mean, like, I mean, DVDs, I mean, so unless you're talking about like, you know, PAL cassettes. Sure. And there weren't, I don't think there were any, like say any, any conversion tools that were like, allowed to use. You know, um, beta right sony beta um cassettes yeah i well i mean yeah beta beta would have died off no i know i was was, but but (laughs) i'm trying to think if there was a there had to have been a conversion tool to let you watch pal i'm sure i'm sure vcr tapes on a but i just mean like so i think later when you could get like a region free dvd player region free blueberry and that's already later then so now you're kind of in internet era and some That's of these true. steps have already been lost. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I so wanted I wanted to reclaim microfishing like, our way hipster through. And cred there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah I mean, like Hartley, like again, and this is talking about like, like lamenting Texas in general, but like, um, and not being a select city, like th- it wasn't easy to come by these things. And even if you're, and you, and this is why I, this, this like romanticizing of like blockbuster video and like really kind of, it doesn't anger me, but it like, I, it's one of those, it's like a, it's like wearing to me, a blockbuster shirt these days is like wearing a MAGA hat. You didn't really understand what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> like, like right. Blockbuster was never great. Like this idea of like, that we should be happy about the last well, blockbuster and like fuck the blockbuster. The blockbuster was the right. worst of right. all video stores. Right. Right. And I, I hated going in any one of them I ever had to. Um, well, and, and, and usually like you went in there because that was all you had to go into. Right. 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 I mean, cause I mean, and I know we've talked about this, but, but you know, the, the local, you know, independently owned video store went out not soon after. Right. Right. And so then all you had was, Oh, blockbuster or some, one of those other, what was the other one? Like family video. Yeah. Or, family video. Right. Which was conglomerate video, whatever. I mean, but <laughs> right. that idea. So yeah, let's celebrate chains. I mean, right. I mean, all that is, is like misguided kind of Nostalgia. worshiping capitalism nostalgia right 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 and it's i mean it's like like if mcdonald's ever goes out right oh remember when there's yeah do you remember all these other like <laughs> right. smaller places that got pushed out by that but do no you remember restaurants look we all love like small businesses don't we <laughs> but yeah you, but you <laughs> weren't like you weren't finding how hartley films at a blockbuster right no. i mean so that that's the other thing well i found henry fool okay but i mean you no, no 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 i mean i understand yes yeah, but any of the early stuff, if I you just wanted like, to just ruin your point, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as we, as we do, but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't remember what, I guess, I guess my, my point being is that a lot of this used to take effort and that's what it doesn't necessarily now. It's just a different level of effort that it takes now. And it's, like I said, uh, when we did Matsumoto, right. Yeah. I, I, like we would have, ne- if I, you know, and again, it, it wasn't like it was necessarily easy, but it didn't take me days upon days to find War of the 16-year-olds either. Right. And so, like, that would have been an impossibility. That would have been a film, like, if we had we been doing this podcast and just putting it out on pirate radio back in 95, <laughs> talking about Matsumoto's War of the 16-year-old, we that would have just been a pipe dream. Right. right. Or I would have scoured... Like, I mean, even because, again, it wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been no way to see it. And even if we could have gotten a copy of it, we wouldn't have been, we would have had to learn Japanese to understand it. Like, there was no, like, way to, to translate it. So, I mean, it was just, like, a lot of this stuff is, it's wonderful that it's available now. It's just, it's just a different level of, like, um, access or, yeah, or I mean, like, I did, I effort that it takes to find. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's, that, that's what's lost is, like, is that it's, there's, because it's so easy now, there's a little bit of, oh, well, okay, I can just, I, th- I think some of the import's gone, right? I mean, right. like, it's not, this is not, this is something that anybody can do, which is great. I, I, th- I think the, the, that's ideal, but also it has, it's harder now to become, to, to feel like you're. I, I think, let me put words in your mouth. Let <laughs> me do. So I think we are of an age where some of this stuff just feels necessary right right and what i mean is like hartley's films matsumoto's films right finding that stuff and and engaging with it and consuming it in in a artistic intellectual way is a necessary thing and that necessity is maybe not as preeminent as it was yeah i think so yeah Yeah. 
I, I thought you'd have more to say about like. <laughs> so let me just step what up. I, what my, I just my, said my, there. My pretentious soapbox. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would sort of back me up on like the necessity and the preeminence. Well, no, no. I mean, I agree. I agree with you that 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 it. I don't when, know. When like when things come easy. God, I'm going to sound like an old man. Right. right. No, no, no. But when it's so easy to find Why things. Why are people paying for their college? Right. If, I, if I had to pay for my college, everyone has to pay for my, their college. <laughs> but, right. But like I, I can go on Discogs and order a record, but it's sure. not the same and it doesn't feel as, again, like necessary as like, I fucking need this thing as it does to go to the record store. Right. And talk to the guys behind the counter right. about like how awesome this record is that I'm buying. And I can't fucking believe I found it here. Well, I th- and I think right. I think, too, is that the 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 now the openness to everything kind of we, we lose a lot of the nuance of the the one thing that we, you know, we find yeah. ourselves in. And we talked about this, too, but like we now that you have access and you've you're inundated with content like actual in-depth conversations about meaningful films don't seem to be happening because we're caught up in just consuming. And so like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's well, not only that we're caught up in consuming, but we are, we are caught by being bludgeoned with non-artistic art. <laughs> right. right. I mean, right. like we're and and I mean, this is my feeling about like superhero movies or even movies like, you know, Leave the World Behind, where we're 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 being hit in the face by these conglomerates with these things that should on multiple levels, um, you know, inspire conversation. Right. But they don't. And part of that's just got, it, part of that is because we know that there's well, I'll just play the next one. Right. I'll just play the next one. Right. I know well, there's another one coming out soon. And yeah. it's distracting from the conversations we could be having. Right. Right. <sighs> Good times. <laughs> this reminds me of Officer Miller in Amateur, the cop <laughs> <Yes>. who <laughs> who's just so broken by the world, by broken by like the sadness in the world that she just can't take it anymore. Right. It's such a good I mean, there, there is where I think Hartley sort of inserts these levels of humanity that you don't expect, right? This cop sort of working like an intake desk, but asking these questions of like, you know, we'll have to like commit you and I don't want to, did this man hurt you? And just like, (laughs) and I love the guy, I love the cop behind. He's like, you're a New York city police officer for God's sakes. Why are you crying? Tough enough. (laughs) Get it together. Get it together. Miller. Uh, anything else you want to say about, about amateur Jason? I mean, I think we could go on and yeah, on. Yeah, no, we could go on and on. Um, you know, but no, I, that's what people are paying for. <laughs> right. That's why okay. they pay their good screaming. Yeah. I, did you, did you know that, um, three colors red was also at Cannes the same year? Uh, I know Hartley gets tied in with, yeah, them with Kislowski. Yeah. 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 Um, which, which like makes sense. Right. I think. Yeah. Uh, I did know that. Yes. Yeah. This is a good, this is really like, this one, it's a great year for film. Yeah. 94 is a really, really solid year. Ebert hated this movie. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I, he gave it two and a half stars. Okay. I mean, didn't hate it, but I mean, I, I think, on. I think it's, Ebert is confounded by Hartley. I think so too. Yeah. Like I mean, he doesn't know how, like this is, this is old man shouting at the sky at this one. <laughs> and I think Ebert would even probably admit that. Like, like Ebert's one of those guys, when you read his reviews of these films, it's like, I really want to like these films. I just can't connect with them on a certain level. Yeah. So like, I, I, I feel like Ebert, 
he didn't like flirt at all. And that's when I said, he said it was more fun to talk about than it was yeah. to watch. Um, and he didn't like simple men. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like these are like, I feel like this is that level of, and I think there was sort of an elitism to that <laughs> late nineties, mid nineties level of like hipsterness that, that, um, you know, probably kind of eluded him. Also, this is unlike anything that's else is out at the time yeah. too. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like we talk about how similar they are, but only in like theme and like really Hartley is extremely unique in yeah. his filmmaking style. And like this, if you're inundated with this type of film that are coming out at this time, which is Smith Lee Tarantino, I don't know if this is, you know, like it's going to be a minute before these kind of talky, nothing happens films I don't know. That, that's still, they don't really still don't happen now. So I mean, like it's, 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 they're kind of an anomaly in an era that um, it's surprising, again, surprising that they were, that he was able to be as prolific, especially during this particular time yeah. as he was. And I think it was mainly because there was just money to go around. Right. Right. And he got that stable of actors too. So he always had people right. willing to work with him, you know, even as they, or some of them, you know, sort of went on to bigger things. They were always sort of there. I think right. when, when he called or they called him. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Amateur is awesome. Go find it. Watch it. <laughs> Go find it. It's <laughs> on Criterion <laughs> it's for on now. Cards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to give some, give the people some films Did you, did you recommend some things? Did you do a recommended if you like? No, but I'll talk about yours. I see. I find I find Hartley's films very difficult to recommend if I like. Okay, so then let me just okay. Let me do flirt and amateur. Okay, um, and not poor things because I mean I think you can find some stuff for poor things. Right, right. Sure. So for flirt, I put One Night Stand. Okay. By Mike Figgis, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. 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 I mean, what do you? Okay. So can we have the Figgis conversation? <laughs> Uh, why, sure. Why are you bored? What else do you have to do? No, I'm not okay. bored. No, no. <laughs> okay. No, I just, just yeah, uh, we're uh, definitely not bored. Uh, Figgis. Yeah, but, let's but have the Figgis conversation. I mean, it's not really a conversation. I mean, like, but I mean, I think Figgis is another one of those directors that, like, whatever happened to that guy? He did Leaving Las Vegas, mm-hmm. right? Nicolas Cage won the Oscar for that. He did, um, one Night Stand. He did a movie called Loss of Sexual Innocence with, with Julian Sands, which was weird. Yeah, um, it was. A, a bibli- biblical kind of thing, but then kind of not. And just like, but but interesting nonetheless. He also did the movie Time Code. Yeah. With, okay, Stellan Skarsgård mm-hmm. and Summer Hayek, a very kind of like meta sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, four I mean, things going on at the same a, time. It was hard to but, but it was gimmicky. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it was. But, I mean, was he just kind of too, like, what else did he, I mean, like, oh, I guess he directed some episodes of The Affair on Showtime, but Ooh, I know, <laughs> I mean, but like, what, he hasn't done much after, I feel like he had a run of like four or five movies, and everyone's like, oh, who's this guy? A lot, around the same time as like Neil LeBute, too. Right. I mean, right. I remember at that time, around this time, Right. I was like, oh, Neil Butte and Mike Figgis, these guys. I'm like, what's going on here? And then, I mean, kind of Hartley as well, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that that as Figgis got into the more experimental stuff, I, 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 
it's, I don't know if it's hard to transition from that or if it was just one of the, if, if, if time code, maybe if time code hit, I think time code is so bizarre Yeah, it's weird. that it's just one of those things. I don't know where you go from that. I mean, I, then I don't know who's lining up to like, you direct episodes at the affair. Right. Showtime. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and not to say that that would have wrecked anyone's necessarily career. Cause I mean, there's, but yeah, it's like, I, I feel like he was kind of in the same hushed tones as Soderbergh for a while. And right. then, and then, um, and then he wasn't. And yeah. And then he wasn't. And then, but I mean, but then Soderbergh, you know, sells out, I guess, if you want to call it that. I mean, like, I don't know if, it's hard to say it's like yeah. Butte, I think just kind of ate his own tail. Yeah. Like I think yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. just couldn't figure out how to get past Mormon anger. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it ran out of ideas really. I mean like for the most part, and then just becomes, I think, and also Butte, you know, tries to do, I think, I mean the wicker man just fucking destroys it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it becomes because that becomes a joke. Right. And that's, his Ishtar at that point. Now that he still gets to make movies because he's a white male, but like, um, but outside of that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, not really a conversation. I just wanted to bring up Mike Figgis tonight. I don't know why I was, (laughs) cause I was thinking about that for some reason. I was like, Oh, we haven't talked about Mike Figgis (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Um, okay. So yeah, if you, if you like flirt, go check out one night stand and tell us what you think about Mike Figgis. Um, for I mean, Amber- you can do like run Lola run, you know, there's, I mean, there's similar, like even though run Lola run is more of a different versions different, of, yeah. Right. Cause I was trying to think of, I mean, what I did was the sort of theme of the couples, mm-hmm. right. And, right. And how they, but yeah, run Lola run would be a good one. Um, what are some other ones that, uh, repeat those same I have to go and, I know I there's know, some it's out like, there and I can't pull them off the top of my head I know um, okay so for amateur I wrote down two um, and one was Novocaine Steve mm-hmm. Martin yeah. and Helena, Helena Bonham Carter and Laura Dern um, just this kind of guy getting like you know wrapped up in this in this like world right that he right. doesn't belong in you know in a similar way of Donovan losing his you know, memory. And then also I thought of, um, Truffaut shoot the piano player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which would be, a um, yeah. Another one that sort of has that, <laughs> I mean the, the goons in amateur and the goons and shoot the piano player are both so inept <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Right. that they're kind of like anti goons. And I think that they, those two movies sort of play well together with how they approach the darker kind of subjects. Yeah, Novocaine is more of a is one of those ones that's more I think of an example of what you would have expected a studio to put out um, in that same time frame, and it's because it is kind of meaner and nastier, and also it's more of a actual I guess story, you know, from 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 point A to point B than than amateur is. But yeah, yeah, no, I I get you. Yeah. Okay. I have one for poor things, but okay. just but go ahead. What but is no, it? No, 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 no. no you All right. Go. So, my, <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned Novocaine and we talked about how people, well, I don't think we actually explicitly said it, <laughs> but it should, the message should have been clear. Um, it's my favorite quote from Spinal Tap, by the way. It's like, <laughs> we're not racist. <laughs> we say, love your brother. We don't actually say it. We don't, we don't actually mean it either, but the message, <laughs> but the message <laughs> I mean, you've already referenced to turn it up to 11, right? Several, several times, times. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we talked about how physical, 
uh, Stone's performances. Now that doesn't necessarily translate to Oscar wins. Um, I'm going to say the one to me, I always go back to the person who should have gotten nominated for an Oscar specifically for physical comedy. My last foot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The funniest movie of all of 1990s. Um, no, all of me with Steve Martin. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. But one of my favorite, like Martin roles and like him battling Lily Tomlin in in his own body. That's so. Oh, good. Yeah, it's so, that's a, that's a funny. It's a good movie. It's a good I, movie. People sleep on on. I don't. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think they did in the in the past. But I don't think we like now. With we've got self serious. Um, you know, kind of elder statesman of comedy, Steve Martin. Mm. People kind of forget like his kind of goofier movie roles. Well, his stand-up stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, and it was that's all where, bonkers, right, too, that's right. where stuff like The Jerk and then um, All of Me, I mean, that's where that, it, it, it it's that, right? right? It's right. a direct extension of that, right? Or of just the, the toy arrow through the head. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, I think is just hilarious, right? <laughs> it, my taste in comedy is so weird, right? <laughs> because I love, and I know that you're a big stand-up guy, right? right. Um, like I love the stuff that Steve Martin used to do, right? And I love Martin Short doing Ed Grimley. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I also love it when Andy Kaufman sits down and reads The Great Gatsby to an audience until they all leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go with these things. Do you like Jiminy Glick? Yes. Okay, I yeah. fucking love. Yeah. Jimmy I mean, Blake. I know. I think Martin Short is just so fucking. He's good. so like I. People sleep on how funny he is too, and like how quick witted he is, and like how like really sharp his like commentary is. Well, and and even like Three Amigos. Yeah. Where he's just like, oh, it's a male plane. Right? How can you tell? <laughs> can you see its little balls? And just, I mean, it's just stuff like that. But his like delivering the way he. No, I yeah. I, I, Martin Short's great. Um, and Ed Grimley with the fucking triangle. Just <laughs> see that stuff to me is just brilliant. Um, okay. <laughs> so what's your poor things? Oh, um, being John Malkovich. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. thought, yeah, 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 that fits. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it felt kind of easy, but I was like, yeah, it works. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> yeah. I have um, a hard, I just have a hard, a hard time. Like, Really tying, if I, I feel like I've t- if I tie, like any, you could tie amateur to really any crime caper that came out at that same time. You could tie it to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or yeah. even, like, even Reservoir Dogs to an extent, but it doesn't feel like a true companion to those movies. And no. like, it seems like a, like a, like I said, a, a weirdly absurdist take on those films, but then it's, but that's almost giving it um, not enough credit as well. So it's, I, I feel like it's, it's this is this is um, and like in, you know in the past we're either like film, make referencing films that are better than the films that we're talking about right, too. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's it, I don't know. I've I've found I, I think I will be able to find as we get into Henry Fool a little bit more of a a, um, a line to yeah. other films as we get there. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what else is coming up? What else do we need to say? I mean, we we <clears throat> oftentimes at the end of these episodes will tell listeners what's coming up next, <laughs> and, and then will, we change it. And that will not right? be what's coming. And up that next. will not be what's coming up next. Um, which is fine. This is look. That's that's how we roll on this podcast, <laughs> and that 
Look, it's not an intentional lie. No, it's it's a lie. No, it's not an intentional lie. And and the message should be clear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that if we Fuck tell you, you we're going, <laughs> we care, we care that you are, you know, um, informed of what we're coming, what's coming up next, but fuck you. <laughs> Look, it'll be in the show notes. You can watch before you listen. That's, that's what we encourage you to do. Yeah. Like, like okay. listen before, like read the show notes and go, Oh, so these are the things I have to watch before I can listen to this episode okay. without what's, what's fully being informed. Gotcha. Uh, it's like you wouldn't go to the voting booths and not be informed of who you're voting on. Right. I mean, that's, you know, and fully of, of the message would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> I think next episode we'll, we'll do our, we, we did say we we're going to do our first, I, I wanted to give the screamies a little bit of breathing room past the end of the year so we could catch a few more things. Gotcha. Um, so let's do our screamies. Um, okay. our first annual screamies of the, of, uh, of the podcast. We'll do that next year, next, next episode. Okay. Um, we'll come up with categories and award winners and what have you. And then after that, we'll dive right back into, uh, Henry fool and, uh, no such thing. I have a, I have a question. Yes. Um, do we want to stay going in order or do we want to do the Henry Fool trilogy? Yeah, let's do the Henry Fool trilogy as a piece. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. probably a good idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do the Henry Fool trilogy next and then do No Such Thing or sure. No Such Thing and then the Henry Fool No, let's trilogy. do I'm I'm anxious to get back into Henry Fool. So let's yeah. do the Henry Fool okay. trilogy okay. after after cool. our screen. I'll, I'll leave this conversation in the in the in the editing. Um, because right. I so, think so the that listeners will definitely know that we're not doing the Henry Fool trilogy. <laughs> exactly. We say so if you start it. to watch it, just remember like, oh yeah, they said that, but there's no way that they're actually gonna do it. Look, right? we'll do it eventually. We will look, do it eventually. Look, I, I would I would think that listeners know what to expect. By yeah, now, sure. Right. Yeah. Like, like we said, biting commentary, but and, fuck you. But fuck you. Yes. yes. Um, intellectual simulation. Um, okay. Jason, if there's nothing else, um, until next time, thanks for listening and keep screaming. You have been listening to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream with your hosts, Brock and Jason. If you like today's episode, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe in whatever application you use to consume podcasts these days. You can reach us by visiting whydoesthewilhelmscream.com. If you are in the DFW area, we would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event. You can learn more about those and find a full schedule at fortworthfilmclub.com. And you can learn about my foundation and how we are trying to foster the next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L housefoundation.org. Till next time.